Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from a seaside cave discussing the 2007 supernatural horror film, The Orphanage. This film was directed by Juan Antonio Bayona from a screenplay by Sergio G. Sanchez. Drawing inspiration from classic horror films and literature, The Orphanage tells an old-fashioned ghost story anchored by fantastic performances, well-crafted scares, and an emotional gut punch of a finale. The film made quite an impact when it debuted in Spain and would go on to achieve incredible financial success and the acclaim of international critics. This film was the winner of our March Patreon poll, so thank you to all of our patrons who participated and voted. If you'd like to help us decide an episode, join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash thepodmortem. So, The Orphanage, what were your first impressions on the film? I don't remember when I first seen this movie. Um, I told your sister for some reason, I remember this movie completely in English. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but watching it, I was like, well, I understand Spanish. So I was like, maybe, you know what I mean? In yeah. my head, it was like, you know what they're saying. Dude. I was going to say, maybe your Spanish is just <laughs> yeah. fucking Better great. Better than what you thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I did, I, I I had told your sister, and then when I started watching it, I was like, I, I can't remember how far it was into the movie, and mm-hmm. I was like, I remember this entire movie. And I, I, don't, I, I don't even remember when we watched it, like at all. I know that it's been a while. Yeah. I didn't remember mm-hmm. like the ending ending yeah, I, yeah. in your intro i think you said an emotional gut punch yeah right. i think that i um was trying to protect myself by kind of forgetting <laughs> that um i know i had seen this movie as a teenager and right. i absolutely loved it i watched it a few times and mm-hmm. then i know we watched it i would say a handful of years ago yeah. i did not remember the ending ending of it Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to get this for a while. I'm glad that Patreon voted it in because I've been I've been like I think I put it on another poll too because I've, yeah. I've really been wanting to cover this one. But um, we watched it and I cried. I've watched it three times and I've cried every time mm. in preparation for this. Wow! So let's see if I can hold it together, <laughs> together for the episode. Well, hearing about it, will that <laughs> we'll cause? see? A train to Busan. That's true. I, yeah. I didn't make it through without crying. Wow. <laughs> and you were the one reading it. <laughs> we'll that see what happens. A monster, though. It is. Yes. Though. This it is so sad on mm. multiple levels while still like maintaining spooky atmosphere it's just i feel like it's it's incredible Mm. i no, i agree that it is an incredible film the funny thing to me is that i was told that i had seen this before Mm -hmm. i this was felt like a first time watch for me we definitely watched it together i'll take your word for it (laughs) (laughs) i just don't understand how i could forget a film like this especially because one thing that i always do is that if a film has a memorable or twist ending Mm -hmm. i'll remember that and forget the rest. Yes. Right. Even if I don't remember the rest of the film, I'm like, oh, well, fucking, you know, Bruce Willis. Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Well, I didn't say which movie. <laughs> he climbs through a vent and die hard is what I was yeah. <laughs> talking about. <laughs> By the way, I do apologize if my voice sounds different. I am getting over the flu, so I'm doing my best. I think you sound fine. Well, I hope so. <laughs> but I, I just think that this film is genuinely tragic and frightening in a way that I had not counted on. Yeah. And it is very <laughs> fucking dark, dude. Yeah. Incredibly. Like, I was kind of blown away by... Uh, you could almost call it like a gothic ghost story. All right. Yeah. Because it is dark as shit. And there, 
it doesn't really let up as far as levity is concerned. Right. Like there's no comic relief. There's no specs and Tucker. <laughs> there's, <not. laughs> there's definitely not. But I, I think that a lot of it works for me very well. There is some stuff that doesn't work for me. I will be honest. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that as we continue. But the stuff that does work works a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I I did. <laughs> this is what's ridiculous to me is that the first time I watched it, when the gut punch would have been the most, I didn't cry. But then whenever I was rewatching it to prepare for this recording session, I got a little misty. And I was like, what? <laughs> Shouldn't the first time have been? Maybe I had time to marinate. Yeah, you were like, yeah. dude, that is actually fucking really yeah. <laughs> But I think the thing for me is that whenever you think about really strong debuts, you know, everybody talks about Ari Aster, mm-hmm. Jordan Peele, and for good reason. Yeah. But this was Biona's debut film. That's incredible and it's like you had a very skilled hand to start Mm -hmm. and that's very amazing i did want to talk about this because it is a thing that is very integral to the film but also one of my kind of pet peeves a little bit but according to future movies they did an interview with bayona and he said that this film owes a lot to guillermo del toro and apparently they had met in 1993 when Biona was like 18 years old. Oh, wow. Nice. It was like at a film festival mm-hmm. and they had a really good conversation about film. And Del Toro promised him, he said, look, if I am ever in a position that I'm powerful enough to help you, I will do that and we will make this film. Damn. Was, right. It's amazing. Yeah. And because of Pan's Labyrinth, he did become that powerful. Yeah. Pan's, oh man, that movie that is incredible. Great. It's, uh, it's so good. Yeah. And honestly, there's some overlap thematically with Pan's Labyrinth in this. That's true. You could honestly, it would be a pretty good double feature, very sad double feature. Yeah. Incredibly <laughs> sad double feature. I wouldn't put that on anyone, but <laughs> <laughs> he uh, eventually came on. Del Toro did as an executive producer. He helped him raise money. He really championed this film which you love to see. yeah. And he had kind of a mentality of like, look, I'm here if you need me, but otherwise I'm hands off. So he's not no. a Spielberg. <laughs> he, <is> not. <laughs> <laughs> he did not pull a Spielberg. <laughs> but the only issue I have, especially whenever a big director either produces or presents a film, online a lot of people falsely think Guillermo del Toro directed, directed right. this. Okay. And okay. it's, I can't, stress enough that this was directed by Juan Antonio Bayona. Yeah. And I do, I appreciate that Del Toro didn't pop up and he was like, well, Bayona's not really a TikTok (laughs) kind of guy. It's just like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. That's, yeah. Yeah. Henry Selick is like, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we play a game with this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's knock on the wall. So the film opens on a shot of a cloudy sky, and we dip down from it to find young Laura, played by Mireya Renau, facing a tree on the front lawn of the Good Shepherd Orphanage. The building itself stands tall in the background as Laura plays a game very similar to Red Light, Green Light. She says, one, two, three, knock on the wall as she knocks on a tree and then turns around. You're right. This is literally Red Light, Green Light. But yeah. like, as I was watching, I was like, this is fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Red Light, Green Light, is it? No. no, well, because Red Light, Green Light, you see the whole time. Okay, then that's you the know, disconnect. This time it's like, are those kids getting yeah. closer? <laughs> 
but she does this a couple times as behind her, several kids slowly advance while her back is turned. They stop when she turns around, a child in front extending their hand. They finally reach her, giving her a tag, and they run off laughing together. The camera sweeps around them as they continue to play, eventually centering on a scarecrow that stands tall in the grass. Now, I am not a fan of scarecrows. Yeah, no. these kids are just having fun. The scary ass thing's just there, <laughs> just hanging out. It's a like, reminder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have too much fun. No, yeah. life is scary sometimes, is what it's trying to say. I th- Here's why I don't like scarecrows. It's mostly because I don't believe in the science behind them. The science being what the they, hay? That they actually... <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think what makes them up. I'm saying... <laughs> oh, that they actually yeah. scarecrows. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they, they could keep me off the crops because I'm terrified of them, but they couldn't a crow. A crow's like, I don't give a fuck. They land on them. It's uh, it's fucking yeah. offensive. That's actually like, is that is that like a superstitious thing, or is this like a proven thing that crows don't like people made of hay? I mean, I don't <laughs> know. If you're a farmer, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> I am not a farmer, I, but please. <laughs> but inside the orphanage, Antonia, the principal, played by Isabel Freira receives a phone call. She looks at Laura's file, which sits on a nearby desk, and tells the person on the other end that everything is ready to go for Laura's adoption. She says that she's currently playing outside and doesn't know the news yet. But Antonia says not to worry because Laura will be happy in her new home. She hangs up and steps into the sunlight outside. She says to herself that Laura's friends will miss her, and we watch as Laura continues playing with the other kids. Finally, she catches up with her friend, tags them, and says, Got you. I thought it was sad that this is like the last time they're going to play together and they don't know that upset me personally. It did because it's like (laughs) I get on one hand, if you tell them everybody's going to be sad and they're not going to have fun, but now they don't know. Like, I thought that was kind of fucked up. Well, can yeah. you imagine like, all right, get your things. Like, surprise, girl. Bitch, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's terrible. I, this child is old enough to like be cognizant. Right, and right. You can kind of give her a heads up that yeah. you're literally moving in with the family tomorrow, mm-hmm. but she's playing this game very well. So she's yeah. well aware of what's <laughs> yeah, happening around exactly. her. But I just thought that was kind of shitty. I would personally run my orphanage differently. Right. I mean, no offense to this orphanage. But. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that is that's fucked up. But we then cut to the opening title sequence in which the opening credits are revealed through torn wallpaper. We see shadows of hands reaching out to us as the hands of small children tear the paper away to reveal the title, The Orphanage. It's very whimsical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some things that are quite whimsical in this film yeah. that I don't know should be. I just feel like I know that on one hand it can be creepy, but it also felt very playful. Yeah. And I feel like this playful like spirit is not right. what you're about to get. Not so much. <laughs> I didn't mind this opening. No, no like, it's like right. weirdly yeah. cute. I found it. Right. We, see, we also see, I forgot to mention, there's like a little hole in the floor, kind of. Mm-hmm. And that'll play a part later. Right. Mm-hmm. But it felt kind of... It, this is where I was like, I can feel Del Toro's influence. For sure, yeah. It felt very him. Right. Well, because he straddles the line very well between like fantastically whimsical mm. and fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like he, he's got that balance. Very fair. But in present day, an adult Laura, played by Belin Rueda, is woken up by the screams of Simone, her son, played by Roger Princep. 
She pulls the sheets from her face as Carlos, her husband, played by Fernando Cayo, weakly offers to go check on their son for her since it's his turn, but then he literally just falls back asleep. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that what it is? <laughs> it's like, how it goes. How real is this? Oh, no, quite. Okay. <laughs> hey. He's like, I'm right here. It's exhausting in, the, in Carlos uh, and John Paul's defense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But reluctantly, Laura shouts to Simone that she's on her way. She walks through a large hallway, eventually reaching his room and calling out to him. If I can just share a couple thoughts on Laura very quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, A, she has fucking an incredible head of hair very her hair is gorgeous she just woke up too i mean she looks amazing (laughs) and b i feel like they did a really good job of casting her younger self Mm -hmm. like that that's clearly i thought i just thought they did a really good Mm -hmm. job i think they do a really good job of handling i guess the timelines without being too like ridiculously expositional yeah because they there, there's a moment later, like actually coming up right now, that it's like, oh, you handled that very well. Instead of Carlos being like, wow, isn't this the orphanage that you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Simone comes out from under the covers, telling her to listen because they're outside. Laura tries to settle him back into bed, but he refuses to have the sheets placed over him. She eventually gives up, instead attempting to allay his fears completely. She tells him Watson and Pepe, his imaginary friends, were just out late playing, and since the window was closed, they couldn't get in. She opens it and sits down next to him, asking him if he's, you know, getting a little too old for this. Which I I don't know the age cutoff for imaginary friends, but right. he, he looks a little old for this. <laughs> a little bit. He's adorable, though. Like, he's so cute. He, uh, kind of... To me, I was like, hey, he kind of looks like Fred Savage when he was that small. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, does that help you? Are you well, yeah. Okay. I, You're yeah. like, I oh, like no, him yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I love the little monsters. I yeah. was like, this is fantastic. But after he's asked if he's getting too old for this, Simone counters asking if she was afraid when she lived here as a little girl. Laura says that she wasn't because she had a whole gang of friends. Not only that, but the lighthouse, which is now inoperative, was on all night. So this was the good exposition. Yeah. Yeah. But she says that she'll show him the lighthouse tomorrow when they go to the beach. Simone asks why it doesn't work. So she goes into full cool mom mode. She asks him to keep it secret, but the lighthouse does work. The only thing is that the light is invisible, but the light has the power to protect them from danger. She turns his head to the window and behind his back, she turns his metal alarm clock over to catch the light of the moon and reflect it onto the defunct lighthouse through the window. Simone smiles as she asks if he can see the light. I thought this was great. Yeah. Yeah. And it tells a lot about their relationship already Mm -hmm. just in this small act of, okay, let me think on my feet. Yeah, yeah. Simone is clearly a like very imaginative kid. Mm -hmm. This was just, I I really loved this. I wouldn't have thought I'd be like, dude, the lighthouse is fucked. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but Do your I friends- look like I own the lighthouse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just bought a damn orphanage. I can't afford it. <laughs> that moon had to be bright, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, it did. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's a Del Toro moon. Yeah. <laughs> In all fairness, I don't know that I understand the science behind this either. Yeah. <laughs> But with the lighthouse issue settled, he asks her about the children who'll be coming here, specifically why they can't stay at home. Laura tells him because the children require special care. They come from very far away and they can't go back and forth, so they have to stay here. Satisfied, Simon asks if he can sleep in her bed tonight, and she jokes that he's pushing it and he smiles. 
it made me laugh because he asks a valid question mm-hmm. and she gives him a thoughtful answer and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. About those sleeping arrangements. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because we never see if she lets him or not. Yeah. You know she did. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> the next morning, after a shot of the lighthouse and the rising tide, we see workers and movers on the grounds of the house getting everything in proper shape. Laura comes downstairs to find Carlos playing the piano. She sits down next to him, accenting his lower notes with higher ones as they smile at each other. So at this point, I mean, it kind of helps a little bit because they just made Carlos look really bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But now they're like, no, he's a cool dad. And, you know, they have a good little moment. Exactly. They have a good relationship too. Mm -hmm. the entire family's happy. This is when Simon rushes over to them dressed like a low budget Aquaman (laughs) asking his father if he'll be going to the beach with him today. Carlos asks if Watson and Pepe will be coming too, but Simone says they're crashed out because they didn't sleep at all last night. He's like, Dad, you're actually being very rude. Yeah, and don't they wake need them the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so can the fucking piano if you don't mind. But Carlos jokingly calls him a smartass and tells him that he needs to take his pill. Simone snags the pill off of a plate on the lid of the piano and drinks from a glass of orange juice. I felt like this was a very quietly important moment mm-hmm. yeah. because they're kind of playing the piano the whole time. And when he's taking his medicine, they stop and are like staring at him to make sure that he takes it. Yeah. And then kind of go back to acting. It's like, okay, this medicine is super important. This yeah. is not a multivitamin. Like, no. There's, it, it, well, it wasn't shaped like Fred Flintstone. Yeah. So. It wasn't. So it definitely wasn't. <laughs> no, because those are the only ones. <laughs> I, when that did happen, I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, make a mental note. Yeah. Right. But his parents smile at him as he points to an S drawn on his shirt, saying that the S stands for Simon. I was like, yeah, cool. Ruin your shirts. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick your battles. <laughs> I guess so. Like, he took the pill. It's fine. Yes. But Laura tells him to go get his things and that Carlos will meet them at the beach later. After Simon runs off, Laura says that they need to talk to him about his imaginary friends. Carlos shrugs it off, saying it's no big deal and that they'll disappear as soon as the real kids arrive at the house. We then hear a crash from the movers in the other room, and Laura, clearly stressed, is calmed by Carlos, who tells her that everything will be all right. He says he's just glad that they're here together, and after a kiss, they play the piano again. It was a nice moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Until the movers were like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, dude, you fucking, yeah. I had it. <laughs> Lift with your legs. Yeah. <laughs> Why are there movers from the Bronx? I don't yeah. know, dude. We're in Spain. Like, Damn it, dude. <laughs> Live with your fucking legs. You're fired. <laughs> First of all. Yeah. No. <laughs> but on their way to the beach in the next scene, Laura makes up a story based on suggestions from Simone. It's like, whose line is it anyway? Yeah. Right. They're like, I think I heard cave and pirate. Yeah. <laughs> But she tells him of a secret pirate treasure inside a cave by the lighthouse, and we get wide shots of them walking across the beach toward the open mouth of the cave. She really Kaiser Soze this story together. Well, you know, (laughs) you can only do what you can. I guess so. And uh, uh, Captain Water. uh. (laughs) (laughs) But as they head inside the cave, Laura hands Simone a flashlight to guide his way. He goes on ahead, surveying the dripping rocks, but then stops in his tracks, shining his light into the darkness as the music grows tense and he calls out, Hello? 
There's no way in hell I'm letting one of the kids, even with the flashlight, you wait. Yes. We will go together. Don't go in there yet. I don't need the, I don't know that we need to be fucking around in random caves at all. (laughs) But, you know, definitely not not just you. -uh. I thought that the plan was to investigate the cave together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it it speaks to Simone's bravery, I guess. Yeah, immediately. Let's split up. Yeah, exactly. I'll be on this side. Yeah. It's like, what? What? <laughs> There's only two of us. Yes. <laughs> he runs away. <laughs> but outside the cave, Laura collects seashells as water crashes against the rocks. She calls out to Simone, who does not answer, so she heads inside the cave to look for him. As her flashlight pierces the darkness of the cave, we hear Simone whispering, What's your name? I'm Simone. Do you want to play? And even scarier, after learning that the phantom stranger cannot play, Simone invites them to come to his house to play later. I'm not a parent, but don't fucking do that. Yeah, Yeah, no. I was going to say, absolutely, and I cannot stress this enough, fucking not. (laughs) Yeah. She's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. I I, I have no words. (laughs) (laughs) Literally none of this would be happening with me. uh, Not on my watch. No. Yeah. No, you don't have to worry. I I also would not allow this. Whichever parent goes to the game. It's not happening. It's fine. But Simone stares into a dark passage, but Laura finally gets his attention, startling him. She's like, I thought Watson and Pepe weren't coming. But he tells her that it's another boy. She's like, well, tell him not to play here because it's dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) But then she says that they have to leave. Simone asks if the new boy can come and play. And she just says, "Mm mm-hmm. But as Simone heads out, she walks over to the passage and with her flashlight, she sees small footsteps in the sand heading deeper into the cave. Oh, hell no. no. Yeah, Yeah, I just can't fucking. This is (laughs) this is already such a like classic traditional setup. Kid already has imaginary friends. So Mm -hmm. parents don't pay any attention when something actually strange is going on. This is such like familiar territory for anybody who consumes horror of any kind right that what they're able to do is pretty fucking great oh, yeah. obviously we're not there yet but yeah i feel like while we're all standing with them in the cave it's like oh i know exactly what's about yeah. to fucking happen mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of a subversion yeah yeah which is really really cool yeah i did laugh though because as i'm watching this i bet watson and pepe are chilling in the cut like oh i thought yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet we're looking pretty fucking cool huh? <laughs> we don't leave fucking footprints in the sand <laughs> but after carlos has joined them they head home with simone dropping shells leading back to the house so that his new friend can follow them this is what i'm talking about i know i had attributed it to del toro earlier but it's true in this film too how we're really straddling that line between this like fairy tale whimsy and something that is actually fucking scary. Yeah. Because these little breadcrumb seashells, very cute, right. very fairy tale. But when you think about it, you're like, nah. Like, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, like, mm, no. I don't know. That's going to be a no for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, already I, thinking about it in the context of a horror film. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no. So I yeah. was terrified. I was like, why are you doing, kid? But <laughs> <laughs> either, either way. Anybody can follow that trail. True. Th- this is true. So, I mean, 
yeah, there's a path or whatever, but if you leave this trail to our house, uh huh. No, we don't do that. You know what I mean? And one thing I know about film demons is they like to pretend to be kids a lot. They yeah. <laughs> That's kind of their thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of weird. I mean, it's kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. you could be anything at all. You could be a dog for all I fucking know. But it's like, no, I'm going to be a, yeah. an eight year old Victorian child. <laughs> Let me twist these horns into pigtails <laughs> and we're ready to go. <laughs> But Laura tells Carlos about the new friend that Simone has made, and Carlos jokes that they won't have room for all these kids in the house. I do want to call out, because I think it's awesome throughout, but the music here, there's a little symbol that hits every shell that's dropped. Yes. I can't remember which episode we talked about. It might have been a John Carpenter directed where he talked about Mickey Mousing the music. They do that a lot in this film. Yeah. Like whenever the kids were appearing when they were playing the game, yeah, yeah, there was like a little piano for every kid. Right, right. Yeah, I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. So the music is fantastic throughout. But back at the orphanage, it is now pouring rain outside. Laura looks out the window to see that there's a light blue car parking in their driveway. Shortly after, a woman knocks incessantly on the front door. Laura opens it to find Benina Escobedo, played by Montserrat Carulla. After some pleasantries, Benina introduces herself, handing Laura a business card. Laura's like, the subtle off-white coloring. (laughs) (laughs) The tasteful thickness of it. (laughs) But Benina says that she's a social worker. But when Laura says that she hasn't set up any interviews for today, Benina says she's actually here for Simone and hands her a folder. For Simone? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I I already had bad bad vibes yeah when she said that i was like hold the yeah. fuck, the fuck? Yeah. Well, the way she was banging on the door was inconsiderate yeah. <laughs> first of all you're fucking rude yeah, yeah. yeah it's water <laughs> calm down <laughs> but we cut to them now seated together in the living room benina remarking at how beautiful the house is and asking how laura found it laura tells her that it used to be an orphanage and that she actually grew up here she always wanted to return which is how they got the idea to buy it and open it as a home for children. Benina is shocked, saying that she'll need a massive staff for that, but Laura says that they're only looking to house maybe five or six kids total. Benina's like, yeah, anything more than that would be too complicated, wouldn't it? What Laura and Carlos are doing is a fucking beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. A selfless, giving, loving, beautiful thing. Bitch, what is wrong with you? I was like, why is she getting a fucking attitude? Yeah, I I thought that. I was like, what? Get out. (laughs) Go out to the water. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like offended for her. Oh, that'd be too cop. Yes, bitch, it would be too cop. Do you want to take 20 kids? The house isn't outfitted for that. Like, what the fuck? The movers broke something yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a break. So now we got to cut back on the kids. Yeah, we were going to do seven kids and now. (laughs) But reasonably this offends Laura, who asks her why she's here about simone anyway benina opens the folder saying that she received simone's file yesterday and decided to pay them a visit received from yeah. who i don't know and it's yeah. never really no it's yeah. not Lauda's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah but still why are you here we get a tight shot of a brooch that benina is wearing and it contains two black and white photos one of two women and one of a man and a woman and an older woman. Cut and dry. Yeah. It's <laughs> not <laughs> so confusing at all. Yeah. Well, um, did I word it bad? Or? No. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, you weren't exactly what it was. Yeah. I think my thing is, again, I never find out what these brooches are, who's in them. Yeah. No. So I was hoping maybe you guys could help me out with that. I can't. Okay. I will say that Benigna is a fucking character. Uh-huh. She's quite severe looking and... Uh, severe looking? <laughs> she's got those like Coke bottle frames oh, yeah. and her hair is like pulled tight back. Like she looks very severe. I hope nobody ever describes me <laughs> <laughs> as severe looking. <laughs> That woman, you would not look at her and be like, I bet she knows where a cool hangout spot is. Yeah. Like she, oh. Well, she I, looks would, very... I would look at her and say, I'm sure she's beaten several kids' asses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. And maybe mine if I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but Benina hands over some paperwork, but Laura says that it's outdated. Benina says that she knows, but then says that there are new treatments and experimental programs that Laura should apply to. Laura is not interested and tells Benina that not only is Carlos a doctor, but they're well aware of treatments for Simone's disease. She also says that Simone does not know that he's adopted, nor does he know that he has a disease. And she would much prefer to discuss these things when Carlos is home. All understandable. Yeah. Right. Now get the fuck out. Yeah. That's all that was missing. Like... Why are you coming in my house, blowing up my spot, fucking outdated paperwork, uh-huh. sticking your nose in my business? Yeah. Get the fuck out! All this old jazz shit you bringing over here? No, no. no. yeah, this is not how we yeah, do things anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> but Lauda very politely asks Benina to leave, and she does. Lauda closes the door behind her and looks over Simone's file. She breezes past the change of address form, and we see paperwork that reveals Simone is HIV positive. Oh. She hides the file in a drawer, closing and locking it with a very ornate key that they make sure we see very closely. Yes. <laughs> we'll probably have to recognize this, it later. This goes to this drawer. Yes. <laughs> Laura then watches Simone silently from the doorframe as he draws a picture. That night, odd banging noises snap Laura out of sleep, and she wakes up Carlos, and he does the old routine that we saw earlier. Okay, I ha- I had Carlos's back the first night. Uh-huh. Right? Nah, this isn't your kid yelling and needing you to get up. There's some fucking weird noises going on. We just moved in here. We right. don't know. Like, no, fu- get your fucking ass up. I'm well, not doing this by myself. My thing is, didn't we leave a seashell trail to the fucking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody could have found it. Demon yeah, yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. Demon boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Social worker. So, oh, yeah, yeah, anything. What if she was living in the cave and she's yeah. like, what's oh. this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, get up. I'm sorry. Well, he does not. He's like, I'll go. It's my turn. Yeah, <laughs> that, there's no excuse for that. No, you, you've rescinded yeah. your endorsement. But Lauda realizes that the noise is emanating from a nearby storage building. So she heads outside to check it out. She calls out, which causes the noise to stop. Not a good sign. She's a lot braver than me. Yeah. I just want to say that <laughs> up front. Fair. The ter- I, I use the term, you got me fucked up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, You got me fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and I will There's be using no, it again. I will be using it right now. There's no fucking way. There's no way. You have no idea. People could have been squatting here. Somebody yeah. could like, you have you no just idea. Moved in. Yeah. That's true. I didn't even Absol- think about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely not. Nope. That That's exactly what I have. It's like, that lady's brave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Carlos, you're you out, yeah, get your ass You're out there alone. Yeah. I call the you, police. Yeah. 
And no. why, why does nobody ever want to surprise like bandits or anything? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's always like, hello. Right. I'm coming your way. Yeah. And I'm not armed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird way to go about doing it. I will sneak around. Don't you? Have you ever punched a shower open? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you would never be like, I'm about to punch the shower open now. You better not. <laughs> But Lauda inches her way across the lawn over to the building, the front door creaking open and closed, like, you know, haunted. But (laughs) (laughs) she steps inside slowly, making her way around and investigating. Out of nowhere, something falls loudly behind her, and she turns around to see Benina holding a shovel. She looks terrified. She does. Like, you know that something's about to happen. In my mind... This is a ghost story. Yeah. Yes. Like some weird happenings. I did not expect this full grown old fucking woman <laughs> yeah. to be standing there holding a shovel and looking terrifying. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, you're guilty of something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing something you're not supposed to. But she asks what she's doing here. But Benina just slowly sneaks around her and bails out, briskly <laughs> walking away. Why did she take her shovel? I don't know. Yeah. It's like that's actually yeah, I own that now. <laughs> right, leave it, leave it, leave it. Yeah, the shovel. The house came with the shovel. Yeah. <laughs> My thing was we talked about the music earlier. Yes, the music is so playful right yeah. here. Yeah, I was I'm like, like, is this supposed to be yeah, funny? It is. It is. I'm like, I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fucking B and E. I'm not laughing at all. I don't care how old she is. <laughs> but Lauda rushes back inside and wakes Carlos, who comes outside to check it out with her. Laura skulks around with a wooden stick and Carlos is like, what are you going to beat that old lady's head in? Correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if she's yes, dumb enough Carlos. to appear yeah. again. <laughs> right, well, you, well, we know she took a shovel. Yes. yes. Like, you know, uh-uh. She's armed. Yeah. Carlos, what more do you want her to steal from us? <laughs> <laughs> but Carlos takes the stick away from her and hugs her, trying to calm her. He says to sleep with Simone tonight and that they'll call the cops if she shows up again. Or we call the cops literally right now (laughs) a crime has been committed my thing is my son is already in the house Uh and i think like tomorrow there are gonna be more children in the house oh yeah Yeah. we don't need this fucking weird ass old lady skulking around at night get her ass out now clearly stole a file (laughs) stole a file and a fucking shovel okay so no absolutely not i'm sorry we never really saw where she went so Louder. She's been there all day. Yeah. Let's, let's get both parents outside. Leave Simone inside yes. alone yeah. where this skulking lady with a shovel yes. could have already beaten him to death. <laughs> <laughs> Is all I'm saying. I just feel like this was a mistake, guys. Yeah. All of it. But the next morning, Simone wakes Laura, asking her if he can wake up now. She tells him that he's already awake, but that he can get up now. She's like, he's slapping her face. Yeah. I'm like, this is why she want to fucking sleep with you. With yeah, exactly. Because you, you're the worst sleeping partner. <laughs> I do have to point out this feels like minor foreshadowing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Absolutely. So we'll uh, maybe we'll pick up on that later. But we then see Laura opening the front door and finding a pile of seashells on the doorstep. Add two piece Jackson real quick. Like, nah, you let them you, back yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> well, clearly, that's, somebody that's followed. Terrifying. Yes. Yeah. That is so scary. So, at this point, would you get into the ghostly happenings, or would you think it was Benina? Are you talking around? Are no. you talking to me? Oh well, yeah. you would. <laughs> you don't even need the shells. You're like, I think a ghost <laughs> cooked us breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> John Paul's like it was I me. I cooked yeah. you breakfast. 
I asked I him what my you name, want. Brandon, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm flipping a pancake yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, come on, man. What did you bring over here? I'm you concerned. Know what I mean, yeah. It, if it was a ghost or a person or something. Yeah, from what, this plane yeah, or on. another plane. You brought yeah. something. It's she seashells. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the joke is that you can't say that. And I and I just <laughs> fucked up. But the camera moves through the house, settling in the bathroom, and we watch as the door slams shut on its own. It felt like she let someone in. Yeah. With that. With that, yeah. Laura, who did not react much to the seashells, no, stares in the direction of the noise that she just heard. And on the grounds, we also see a merry-go-round slowly creaking to life on its own. So, thanks. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Back inside, Simone sits reading Peter Pan as Laura works on an embroidery. Simone reads a page that says, Wendy grew up, and he asks his mom if Wendy grows old and dies. Laura corrects him, saying that Wendy grows up, but Peter Pan takes her daughter to Neverland every year. I was like, does he have like a weekend pass or something? <laughs> <laughs> Shared Once custody. a year. <laughs> I thought he owned Neverland. Is that not a thing? I I, I guess I do not remember yeah. the story of Peter Pan because I didn't know he was taking her daughter. <laughs> He's like, bitch, you're too old. Yeah. Uh, it's down. my weekend. You stay home. <laughs> it's a lot. I just don't. I was like, huh. yeah, I, I don't remember. But that. isn't the story like the Lost Boys, they kill them when they get too old or something? I think that's the real story. Yeah. Oh, not the Disney one. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, got they, it, got it. They cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> but Simone asks why Wendy doesn't go with them and wants to know if Peter Pan took him to Neverland, if Laura would go with them. Laura says that she's too old to go to Neverland, and he asks how old she is, and she replies that she's 37. I gotta say, I don't care for the face that Simone made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, Ooh, like, damn. Damn, bitch, you are old. Sitting <laughs> here talking to a bag of bones. He's like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, one thing that I do have to point out is that every stage of my life, I've always known how old mom and dad are. Yeah. What kid doesn't know how old their parents are? I mean... Simone's got a lot going on. Yeah. He's got All Pepe. Right. He's got what's Watson. the other one's name? Walton. Yeah. Walton. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot going on. He can't be expected to keep, yeah. keep track of everyone. Okay. It's like as long as you remember my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but he then asks when she'll die. Simone, you're scaring your mother. (laughs) (laughs) She's taken aback by this question, obviously, but says that it won't be for a very long time when she's very old. But he tells her that not only is he not going to grow old, he's not going to grow up. She plays this off very well, asking if he's going to be like Peter Pan. He says instead that he's going to be like his new friends. Laura learns that there are six of them and that they can't grow up. Her smile fades. Yeah, I don't like that. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. See, and Watson and Pepe are like, hey, man, yeah. <laughs> we're still here. We can we can switch out. You don't, because I heard you talking shit at the piano. <laughs> right. We've never told him crazy yeah. shit like that. I never yeah. fucking ruined his life. <laughs> did you, Pepe? No. Uh-huh, no. Sure didn't. Never nope. did. But later that day, we see dark clouds overtaking the sun as another storm rolls in. Inside, Laura finds one of Simone's drawings, five nondescript children holding random items, and one child in front wearing a bag mask over his head like a scarecrow, as well as a whistle around his neck. Um, no, please. Uh, <laughs> I, 
was it just me or did the clothing and the drawing look a little familiar? Yeah, I I don't understand. Did she get her fucking men in black? <laughs> <laughs> like, because there's a lot of shit that happens in this film that Laura should be like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but she remembers fucking none of it. I guess in yeah. her old decrepit age of 37, <laughs> she's like, I can't, I can't remember shit. You can't expect right. me to. Yeah, I thought that was a little, a little strange because I'd be like, uh, how does he know about that? Right, right. Yeah, that's my dress. <laughs> <laughs> But she takes the drawing to Simone and asks him about the items that the kids are holding. He says that they're treasures to play with. They steal your treasures, which are normally something you love, and you have to find it. If you follow their clues and find it, you get to make a wish. It sounds a little convoluted. A little. little. What happens if you don't find it? Uh, They kill you. (laughs) I don't know, dude. I don't think anybody wants to find out. I do. I am a little pissed off that I let these sons of bitches in my house and they're stealing my shit. (laughs) That's me as Simone. I'm like, dude, God damn. You're incredibly rude. Yeah. I thought we were friends, dude. (laughs) The seashells, remember? But as it turns out, Simon has his own treasure, coins that some old man left in the park. He says he thinks that they're gold and asks if she wants to see. I'm like, no wonder these kids like him. He's stealing shit. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, you're going to fit right in. (laughs) (laughs) We got hot hands, man. You got to have hot hands if you want to hang with us. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Working that five finger discount. But he takes her into his room and opens up a small chest filled with random items like a memory box. She moves a lot of stuff around, including, I guess, the first ice cream they had ever or something like that. Yeah. It was after <laughs> he had like his tonsils oh. out or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first ice cream. I guess I like, oversold it. It's like, a fucking life changing. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> Has it, have anybody had ice cream? You <laughs> <laughs> ever had it's ice good. cream before, man? Yeah, it's no, really it was good. His yeah. first. I think after he got his tonsils out, the first okay, ice cream right. that he had. Was less impactful, <laughs> but still important. But in a small tin where he kept the coins, Laura finds it's filled with his baby teeth, which she calls his milk teeth. I'd never heard that before. I have. It's That's a thing. very neat, yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. Very neat. <laughs> it is. Anything different from my normal shit is really cool. <laughs> sidebar though have you ever seen like an x-ray of a kid's mouth oh yeah the teeth that are like get the fuck out of my way man it's gonna be our time soon up there it's like oh my god it's horrifying (laughs) every kid is an actual monster but he tells her that this is the first clue the kids already have his coins and they're where she used to keep his baby teeth if they find them he can make a wish she takes him to where she kept them which is in a small container in her drawer what gets me is he was like, where did you keep them? Yeah. I would think, okay, my kids set this up. This will be a right, cute little right. scavenger hunt. But he's like, well, where do, where do these go? What do you mean you don't know where they yeah. go? <laughs> well, Who I the s- fuck did this? I still wouldn't believe him because I'm like, well, he's oh, yeah, playing kids can along. Lie. Yeah, you right. forget that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but y- y- y'all have just been together the whole afternoon. Yeah, he, they have. He woke up and but that's true. Well, unless he fucking planned all this shit. And then went to bed and he's like, mom, well, I'll tell, you what, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Kids don't have a very good. I'm going to set this up in advance and be quiet about it. Yeah, okay. And then surprise. Yeah, no, that's not working. If Simone no. set this up last night, they'd have been doing this. last yeah. night. <laughs> but she pours the container out and instead of teeth, sand fills her palm. 
she asks if he set this up and he just laughs. That's when I'm like, he set this up. Listen, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> Why are you the fucking policeman from Candyman? <laughs> but she guesses that it must mean the beach, but Simone says that it has to be in their home. There's a lot of rules to this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just it, that felt like he was making yeah, it up. Yeah, like, they didn't tell you that. He's like, yeah. no, 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 uh, in the house, in the in house, house. In the house. <laughs> but they head outside through the rain and into a small rock garden. In the sand, which is now mush, they find a thread spool. This leads them to the sewing box where they find some knickknack that I don't, I don't know what the fuck it is. Does anybody? It looked like a piece of decoration or something. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Well, Simone's like, oh shit, because yeah. <laughs> he knew exactly I know what it was. <laughs> Because it leads them to like a little chapel room that's in their house. Right. There they find a small Russian nesting doll. And on the staircase, they take apart a larger nesting doll. Where in the last doll, Simone finds that ornate key that they made sure we saw. <laughs> They're like, remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they even, it's like the same angle. They're like, this is the key. <laughs> but Simone recognizes the key, rushing into the kitchen to open the drawer where Laura hid the file. Not the drawer. Yeah. The only fucking drawer not to go into. Yes. He finds the file, turning it upside down, and all of his coins fall to the floor. He cheers loudly that he found them, and then he gets to make a wish, but Laura screams at him. She says that these are their things, and he shouldn't touch them. My uh, my thing is this. He said that he had coins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't think... I think she's talking about the folder. Oh, I yeah. was like... Oh. No, he stole coins? those coins from yeah. another man. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I like was like, the old well, man can be mad. Yeah, like, I'm not... It's not that the dad can't have coins, but yeah. this is specifically what he said yeah. he had. Yeah. So I wouldn't be like, hey, those are your dad's... Like, we're, I know where you got those from, but how'd they get in it? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I don't advocate you stealing shit. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't like how I you got think it. No, the, but... the panic was solely for the, oh, the folder. Right, folder. Right, right, okay. right. But he says that he didn't do anything, insisting that it was the other children. He even pushes her. She tells him not to lie, but then he turns it right back on her, calling her a liar and saying that she's not his mother. She asks where he heard that, and he says that his friend Tomas told him so. Tomas says that Simon is just like them with no mother and no father and that he's going to die. Listen, first of all, tell your little friend Tomas that he's not welcome here anymore. No. <laughs> Secondly, when did Simon learn all this information? Because they were literally having fun 30 seconds ago. Right. Yeah. And he's like, gotcha, bitch. Like, it's, it's very like, it's like you, want, you want to talk about lying? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> said liar. So. It's very, it's very jarring because it's not like because when he takes everything out and the coins come out and everything, yeah, yeah. he doesn't even look at the folder. No. So it's not like he saw it then and was like, oh, you fucking lied to me. Like, yeah. he when never. Did you, I don't I, I this was weird to me because it felt like he found the coins and he's happy. And Tomas is like, guess fucking what? Like, he's like is whispering he to him right there. That's, In the corner, he's like, right. by the way, you didn't have time to read the folder because you were really excited about the coin. <laughs> but, but the whole thing not was your mom. Yeah. you were supposed to read the folder. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like the whole scavenger hunt was leading him to. And I thought he was going to look and be like, what the fuck? But right. he doesn't. He's just like, well, guess what? You're a fucking liar, too. I thought but that was strange. You... Yeah. So you've been like carrying that. Simone is petty as fuck. Because he's like, no, I'm going to wait yeah. for my moment. Bide your time. <laughs> and then I... let loose. <laughs> I took it as that when when they got the drawer open. Mm -hmm. He yeah. needed them to open the drawer. 
and then he then whispered he, it to him or right he, and then uh, he told I mean, him that's the that, only thing that because makes sense i thought i was like he didn't know any of this no. shit no you were just like you said you were cool 30 seconds he's ago he's got a hell of a poker face yeah <laughs> yeah but i'd be like well when i would ask if i'm laura i'm like when did this happen yeah right and what you know instead yeah. she just got well i mean i would be stunned as well yeah. oh yeah but as she stands there, Simone just storms out, slamming the door behind him. I understand that this is a lot to happen right now. Yeah. But that's no excuse for ocean rudeness. <laughs> <laughs> but later, Laura sits a tray of food as well as a glass of juice and Simone's pill on a table and sits down next to Carlos. Carlos tells Simone, who sits across from them, that they wanted to wait until he was older to tell him everything. Laura asks if he has any questions, and Simone simply asks if Father Christmas is a lie, too. Carlos is like, listen, you clearly heard your mother talking to that lady, and you invented this game because you were too afraid to ask her about it. Simone just stares at his pills. They're like two little black caplets. Yeah. And he asks, what happens if he doesn't take them? Would he die? Carlos says nothing would happen, and that that wouldn't happen for days, weeks, or even months. But he tells Simone not to worry and that they'll take care of him and make sure he doesn't get sick or die. It's so sad. It is. I feel like Simone takes it pretty well. Mm -hmm. And I applaud them for still being able to sidestep the Santa Claus question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, listen, kid. uh, You got to keep something back. You know what I mean? Let's not shatter too much. But in the next scene, the camera pans through several rooms in the house, all set up for the children to arrive. Simone stands at the window in his room, dressed in a suit, just repeating, it's a lie. He watches as a car drives onto the property, and Laura calls out for him to come downstairs. Carlos is already outside, getting snacks ready as the car honks, alerting them of their arrival. He goes to greet the people arriving, while upstairs, Laura heads into Simone's room, holding a plate of hors d'oeuvres, asking him to come down to meet the children. He says he can't go yet, because there's something he wants to show her. She asks what it is, and he tells her it's Tomas's little house. She says that they can do it tomorrow when they're alone, but he loudly refuses and says that they have to do it now. She grabs him by the arm, and he smacks the plate out of her hand. That was a lot, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Simone, no. You could have had her if you didn't ruin the cake or whatever. She kind of like owes you. All you got to do is do the, the big eyes looking up. She, you know, I yeah. don't feel like shit. Yeah. But now. Let's go see the casita. You fucked up the cake. Uh, and now, yeah. This is when almost in a reflex, she slaps him across the face. I was like, no. She looks like she immediately regrets of it, though. Of course she does. Well, I mean, damn, he's been a lot. And they're he all was trying doing to... a lot, but you still can't slap your child know, in the face. But I mean, everybody's stressed out here. You got to give your a mom a break, on. too, man. I mean, Simone's going through a lot, too. How I long know, did she work on I that know. cake? Was you it know a what cake? I mean? I don't know what was in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing was, is that in the shot, like you don't really see it because you see the shot is of her. Then it's of you him. You see the yeah. tray. You see it's she's holding something. Holding. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever she's holding is ruined. It's gone. That's all I know. Say goodbye. I think it's a cake. Okay. Yeah. Well, then the cake is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cake. It was a cake. Now it's trash. <laughs> but Simone holds his face with tears in his eyes, and she tells him that he doesn't have to come downstairs if he doesn't want to. No one is forcing him to come downstairs. But he, like you were. You were. <laughs> Just two minutes ago. But I feel like she should have came in with that energy. You can come down if you want, but you don't have to. Right. The shot of his face was one of the saddest things it's I've ever so seen. It's so sad. His eyes are bigger than his head, it looks he, like. <laughs> he just looks so surprised and yeah. so like heartbroken. It's, it's, it's awful. It's very fucking sad. 
But downstairs, the party is in full swing with various adults and children wearing absolutely frightening masks. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, are we supposed to pretend like those aren't fucking terrifying? They're horrifying. They're so fucking scary. What you ever you seen mean? they're just animals? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> animals from hell. <laughs> I don't know. All I know, you ever see like old Halloween photos from the 30s before they realize how to not traumatize everyone? (laughs) That's what it kind of put me in the mind of, but I was thoroughly scared. (laughs) But Laura makes her rounds as Carlos mingles with the children, but she stops dead in her tracks when she sees a woman from behind who looks like Benina. Thankfully, a couple of kids rush over to her. And when she turns around, we see that it's just some random lady. It's a good thing she turned around because I'd have been snatching yeah. buns, like <laughs> the hair buns. Yeah. <laughs> You'd grab her um, ass. <laughs> it's an odd way to react. She's like, where's my shovel? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got some fucking nerve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she looks over at Carlos, who smiles at her and motions for her to go check on Simone, which she leaves to do. But when she leaves, standing behind her in the frame is that sack-masked boy from Simone's drawing, complete with the whistle and old clothes. No, thanks. I'm like, are you the one causing all the fucking problems? Yeah. Is that Tomas? Are you, yeah. are you making him smack cakes? <laughs> <laughs> he was a perfectly sweet little boy yeah, before, before your ass up. showed up. <laughs> <laughs> but inside the house, Laura looks everywhere for Simone, but can't find him. She eventually heads into the bathroom, but turns around when she hears the sound of a whistle. At the end of the hall, we see Sackboy. He walks towards Lauda, the floorboards creaking with every step as he sucks in deep, raspy breaths. Baby Michael Myers. Yeah. My thing, though, is don't you immediately recognize the drawing? Right. One would think. Because if if this is one of the children that's come for the party... Mm -hmm. Simon has never seen him before. So your kid right. has so powers? He couldn't have, yeah, he couldn't <laughs> yeah, have got yeah. a picture of him days ago. No. I'd be scared. And also, we didn't, like, why are you dressed so old, kid? You know? <laughs> yeah. that's the, Where'd yeah. you get that uniform? The one I used that's to wear. <laughs> <laughs> give it back. Yeah, and I will say one thing that is interesting that I won't give away just yet but every uniform has a name stitched into it. Right. And even with this kid, you can see the name stitched into the shirt. Yeah. yeah. And still, Lauda's like, nah. Simone, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude, where'd you get that yeah. at? Cool Did you saw that on there? <laughs> it's about as scary as everyone else's. <laughs> but she does think that it's her son, and she touches his face. But when she peels off the sack mask, he screams and pushes her into the bathroom, slamming the door on her hand. Oof, it, oof, it looks bad. It's rough because she stumbles back, ripping her hand from yes. the door frame. I felt that whole scene. Oh, yeah. I didn't like it. I'm like, did Mike Flanagan drop yeah. the, <laughs> the scene? It's his first thing he ever did. <laughs> but she falls into the bathtub and she watches as the boy closes the door and locks it. He holds the key in his hand, almost taunting her he, with yeah, it. He yeah, didn't, he didn't have to do all that. He's like, how do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> but he looks at her through the window before running off. Laura looks at a piece of fabric that she tore from his mask, then at her bleeding finger and blows on it. I'm glad she didn't suck the blood. Yeah. Because she's not evil. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we watch as she, for some reason, 
rips her damaged fingernail off and screams to Carlos for help. No! <laughs> I'm Dude. squirming just yeah. sitting here. Reliving it. That is awful. That's what I'm saying. I felt that whole yes. thing. I was like, it was oh a lot. Oh my God, my hand hurt just like that. <laughs> yes. And can I say that the sound that the fingernail made, it wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> like, you forced it, Laura. Yeah. You didn't need to do all you that. You could have left it there. I mean, night has ruined my day for no reason. <laughs> But we cut to Carlos prying the bathroom door open, surrounded by children. He asks her what's going on, and this prompts a search for Simone throughout the house and the grounds. Laura opens a side door near the stairs, and a ton of, according to the internet, pieces of scaffolding fall out. Yeah. All right. Because I don't know what the fuck those things were. Yeah. It's like those yellow poles. Metal things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she quickly stashes them back inside and closes the door. She then heads back outside, calling out for Simone and flipping kids' masks off like Nicolas Cage in The Wicker Man. <laughs> I'm so mad. That's literally in my notes. Really? <laughs> but after failing to find him, she runs out toward the cave near the lighthouse, calling his name. Carlos is close behind, yelling for her. They both struggle in the rising tide, Laura even falling down and fucking up her ankle something fierce. Well, Carlos fell like almost immediately. Yeah, he did. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. He, he wasn't prepared. Carlos <laughs> no. took two steps and fucking ate it. I just like, this is such a bad look. Yeah. Losing your son at this party mm-hmm. where all these parents are trusting you with their children. It couldn't go worse. No, I it's yeah. bad. It really no, couldn't yeah. be worse. But in the mouth of the cave, she sees Simone and calls out to him. But when Carlos catches up to her, he doesn't see anyone and tells her that they need to head back. Laura watches as a faraway figure retreats into the cave. I thought it was very interesting to see someone there, then see no one, yeah. then see someone again. Yeah. I'm like, are they setting up some kind of ambiguous possibility? Right. Because there is some stuff that goes on in the film that could be explained Construed, away. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Are there theories that could be had about this film? Perhaps. I just feel like, then who was phone? Like, <laughs> yeah. who the fuck is in there? Uh, Some boy. I don't know. I just can't imagine how crippling that panic would be. Not only not being able to find him, but like, you just got your hand all fucked up. And then y'all are right next to the ocean. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like... That is terrifying. Oh, and dude, salt water is getting all in that nail hole. Mm-hmm. No. I did laugh when Carlos fell. <laughs> so that was, I know we said there was no comedic relief. But I there did. was. I thought it was a little, little giggle. But that night, a large boat sails around the cave, and we see a man dive in search of Simone as police officers investigate the cave for any signs of him. I did appreciate that they actually checked the cave. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like, she literally saw someone... So no matter who it is, I need to know why there's someone in that cave. Exactly. Yeah. Who was phone? What the yeah, guess? Exactly. And I think that's what pisses me off is that Carlos, I, I genuinely did think it was going to end there. Nobody was going to check the cave. Me too. And the cave was going to be very important. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. But no. They're like, no, no one's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some little footprints. Yeah, yeah. but I can't explain that. The footprints didn't fucking steal. Yeah. <laughs> But at the hospital, Laura's leg is placed into a cast, and the doctor, played by Fernando Merat, lets Carlos inside the room to check on her. Now, according to IMDb, there is like a little bit of trivia that says that this doctor is played by Guillermo del Toro, which is just 
fucking lie. It's not yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know why they said that. And it's one of the highest rated bits of trivia on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everybody's just like, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be. That's like, that's but no. disappointing because yeah. that would be a cool little cameo. But he did still play Pappy McPoyle on It's Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> like, so he does so cameo. Yeah. So that's probably why people believed it. <laughs> I still can't believe he did that. I can't yeah. either. <laughs> it's probably the most random. It is. Fantastic. It's it great. Is. But wow. But Carlos kisses her and tells her that Simone wasn't in the cave. Pilar, a police psychologist played by Mabel Rivera, sidles up out of nowhere saying Laura must have imagined seeing Simone, but tells them that the police are doing what they can to find him. Um, I got a lot of feelings about pilar Uh uh, (laughs) (laughs) she the way she sidles up i thought she was a ghost (laughs) i'm just ready for some ghosts i'm not gonna lie to you no we've we've been primed for ghosts Yeah. yeah um i'm just like how dare you like this is still fresh. This is the same night, uh-huh. and she's like, mm, "Girl, you you hallucinated." It's like, yeah. oh, we we're already starting at a deficit. Like if we were Sims, that's a minus <laughs> of both of our heads. It's just a picture of Simone and a yeah. negative. <laughs> no, that's I bullshit. Yeah, I did not appreciate. Like we're already starting off on the wrong foot. Yeah. How about you just say that the police are doing all they can? You don't have to be like, "No, you did make that yeah. up." <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fucking lie. But. We're trying. (laughs) (laughs) But Carlos then repeats what Pilar just said. I didn't know why he did that. I realized, honestly, he's probably very shaken up too. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't really get the room to be shaken up. I was going to say, I feel like it does kind of get lost that Simone is also Carlos's son. Yes. Because Laura really takes the... (laughs) She does. Now, he did have two chances to check on him. (laughs) (laughs) And he fucking whiffed both of them. But and then he fell in the ocean. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was out there. He did. He tried his best. He did. And I mean, I understand he's probably just trying to be strong. Right. Right. No, of course. Yeah, but you're you're right. And I I that was something too that I you know I was like I don't understand why he's not as worried yeah. or he's not like I was like I mean because they do show things later, uh-huh. but it just didn't seem like. Uh, I don't know, like he was as worried as she is. No, it's almost like, I don't know. I get this weird energy that it's almost like he thinks that she's imagining it or something. Yeah. yeah. Like the kid's not really missing. Like it's just a weird energy I get it from is. Right, right. It is. But yeah. there is that one moment that I know you're talking about yeah. that I'm like, good, at least something. You have yeah. feelings. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just like s- some guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're this kid's fucking father. Yeah. yeah. No shit. <laughs> But Pilar says that Carlos has filled her in on Simone's adoption and his illness and posits that a relative could have kidnapped him. She then brings up Benina, and interestingly, there is no record of a social worker named Benina Escobedo. Of course there's not. Yeah. She's the first fucking person I would have thought of. Absolutely. But where did you get the file, dude? Yeah. <laughs> we still don't know. And weirdly, she left it with Laura. She's like, I don't yeah. know. But we got plenty of copies down at the station. It's like, what? <laughs> what station? Where do you work? Yeah, oh, you're shit. right. Yeah. <laughs> she would have kept it if that yeah. was that fucking like, oh, hilarious. I'm going to need yeah, that right. back. <laughs> She's like, well, I really only needed this to get in the door, so you yeah, can have it. So <laughs> <laughs> it served its purpose. <laughs> 
But Lauda gives a rudimentary description of Benina, and Pilar assures her that they'll find her. She she's literally... Like, she's like, she was a very severe looking woman. <laughs> she kind of looked like a cartoon. Yeah. You like know. a cartoon librarian. Coke bottle glasses. You ever hear of those? Uh, but yeah, she. I think she just said she's like about 70. She's got white hair. Uh, good luck. That'll, yeah. that'll nail it down. Yeah. Great job. There's only one person that looks like <laughs> yeah. that. But through a neat transition of the light of a flashlight, we're back at the orphanage, and as the police patrol the grounds, Laura and Carlos return home. Inside the house, Laura sits in a wheelchair with Carlos kneeling in front of her. She asks how anyone could trust her with their children after this. Yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. Like, it's it's ruined. Not that your child goes missing and you're like, well, guess we got to get the orphanage yeah. up and running. Like, <laughs> but that would definitely like, fuck. I no, fucked yeah. it. Everything's, everything's ruined. Like, and she really fucked her leg up. Super. Yeah, she, yeah. Was, well, wasn't it like a compound fracture? Yeah, like that, the bone was out. Like, uh-huh. It was Do- bad. Dr. Del Toro. was yeah. there. <laughs> Show us the x-rays. But if that is your real name, fucking liar. <laughs> but I, I think that it's very sad because all they came here to do was some good. Yeah. yeah. And now everything. Yeah. Turmoil. But Carlos lets out a deep sigh, but then he removes his grandmother's St. Anthony medal from his neck, giving it to Laura to wear. He says it'll bring them luck, but she reminds him that he doesn't believe in luck. And then he agrees, but he says that it'll work if she has it. He then lets her know that uh, he's not giving it to her. He's letting her borrow it. <laughs> Which the way he says it is nicer than that. Yeah. <laughs> not bitch. I want this. Yeah. Back. <laughs> this is for this is temporary. <laughs> he does, but such a that's such a strange thing to say. I get. I mean, it just felt weird to me. I was like, what? well, because he says that she well she is gonna give it back to him when they find Simone. Yes. I mean, I don't know. It just I have, it felt weird. I was like, what do you mean? It's your wife. I think it's See, like, not. It's like I'm gonna run into you. Yeah. <laughs> quite often. I know, I know where you live. This is where I had in my notes that, like, I don't necessarily want to say that Carlos is kind of a flat character. Right. Yeah. But I feel like like he says all the right things. Like, this is a sweet thing to say. And it was a nice gesture. But it, we're really not feeling that this was his son as well. Like, it yeah. sounds like she's talking to, like, a friend or a coworker. I yeah. feel like they're not really sharing the the worry and the, I mean, grief, really. Right, right. You don't know where he is. There should be some kind of worry that comes across his face, especially in the beginning. Yeah. He's like, look, everything's going to be pizza. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, what? It's like, I feel like that's probably the energy that she needs right now, but it it just didn't feel, it made me kind of side-eye Carlos. Like, you right. do not like care? You know or what I want to see? I want to see- Him alone? That, yeah. Yeah. And there is one thing that comes up later, but in this moment even- I mean, give give her the necklace, yeah, and say, look, you know, it's it is very sweet that he says when we find Simone, yeah, you give it back, yeah. And so it's conditional, yeah. So that's sweet, but I want to see him turn around and like bite his fingernails or something, something like just maybe not as cartoony (laughs) (laughs) to convey. (laughs) You want him to turn around and be like, so that's what that was about, exactly. (laughs) Yes, I feel like like I said, he's saying all the right things. I feel like there's just there's just something missing for me yeah well it's because that there is no sense of worry coming from him yeah. at all and i know that everybody processes 
differently. So I'm not going to be like, nobody would act like that. Yeah. I'm sure somebody would. Uh-huh. But it just, I don't, it felt weird. Especially if he's like the rock of the family. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah, yeah. And he's keeping everything grounded. Right. But the rock, I mean, sediments or whatever. <laughs> right. Dwayne Johnson <laughs> cries too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the rock doesn't cry. <laughs> But later that night, the camera floats through the house, finding Laura asleep. She dreams that she's swimming in deep, dark water, but is startled by the sound of a whistle. She turns around in the water, but before we can see what's behind her, she wakes up. She sits in her wheelchair and wheels herself down the hall. She then hears loud noises above her head, and the camera follows each movement of the sound. She calls out to Carlos, and he comes running after she hears a loud, crashing noise. They check Simone's room, pulling the comforter away from his bed and finding a doll lying underneath. The game has started. Yeah. yeah. Right? Is, the doll's clearly a message. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Even if it's not about spirits, I'm like, I think Benina took dude and this Simone? doll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> took the little dude. <laughs> And this doll is the start. Like, this is... I'm expecting a ransom note or right, something. Well, the right. whole, I mean, the whole point of the game is your treasure... Right. ...is gone, and there's something in its place. Simone is their treasure. So right. I'm like, so where's where does this the doll, doll come go? from? Yeah. yeah. And They're why does like, she not... Huh. Yeah. A doll. That's like, weird. Like, our boy, a <laughs> doll. I'm like, I'm like, Lauda, you played this game. Yeah. You yeah. know what it is. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the next morning, the camera glides down the upstairs hallway and the bathroom door creaks open on its own. After a moment, it slams shut. I don't know who they think they are to be slamming damn doors in the house, yeah. but y'all need to chill on that because that would piss me off real quick. You, oh, don't, yeah. you don't live here. No. Your seashell invitation has been revoked. <laughs> so cut that shit out you've yesterday. Done nothing, you've done nothing but cause problems. No. no. Now you're fucking cracking the, the door frames. It's like, <laughs> that's enough. That's my, enough. My fingernail is bumping. Yes. <laughs> but we then cut to Carlos in his office on the telephone. A news broadcast over the television says Simone has now been missing for six months. Six months. I was like, oh, my God. Carlos gets off the phone and walks over to a map on the wall, as well as a ton of newspaper clippings. He hasn't gone full Pepe Silvia, (laughs) but it's a sight to see, man. All the shit on the wall and all the pins. He places another tack into the map, which I assume to be another sighting of Simone. Yeah, that's what I took it as. Okay, I was like, does that mean that that's where they've searched? Oh, oh maybe. I don't know. It's that would not make clear. more sense, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you've yeah. not explained yeah. it. We saw your boy. <laughs> I think well, it makes a lot more sense. People do sometimes that, they do. Yeah. yeah, but that's, I mean, I don't know. I guess it would make more sense what you said because I don't know. I don't know, honestly. They don't, yeah, they've not explained it. Yeah. So I couldn't even, yeah. that's no. why I wagered a guess. I said, I assume. He's like, I thought a pin would look really good here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sometime later, we see Laura and Carlos at a support group. Laura explains to the other parents that Simone has been missing for six months, and despite their best efforts, they have no clue or idea where he could be. After stifling tears, she says that Simone had imaginary friends. Carlos looks over to the group therapy leader, played by Enrique Arquimbao, who gives a gesture kind of like, I'm going to allow this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the other people in the group were like, mm. like they looked judgmental. They did. I don't know why. Especially yeah. with what's coming next. Yeah. It, I was like, we can save the judgment for later. Yeah. 
Laura continues, They never paid much attention to the imaginary friends, but she has a feeling that they're in their house now. Everyone then looks around like, holy shit. (laughs) A woman, played by Blanca Martinez, speaks up. She says that she saw her daughter a year after she died. She was asleep one night, but woke up and went into her daughter's room. She was there, smiling, calm, and she took it as her way of telling her that she was okay and not to suffer for her. The group leader says it's not unusual to feel this way or see things like that and even posits that everyone in this bereavement group could tell a similar story. Everyone around them slowly raises their hands, but Laura tells them that they don't understand. Simone isn't dead. His friends just took him away. I had a, a couple things here. I thought the story that that woman told was really beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why are y'all in a bereavement group if you're going to be like, well, no, our situation's not like yours. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's like, a great question. Why are you here? I think that's a good question. I mean, I don't because they're not going through exactly what they're going through. Right. And I do have to call out fucking an actor because I read a story because of a meme on Twitter. But I guess Aaron Eckhart, when he was preparing for one of the roles. Harvey Dent? Of like, not that role. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was making it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, <laughs> when he was two-faced, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But when he was preparing for a role, I guess, as a parent who lost a child, he went to bereavement groups and he even spoke up in them. Ooh. Oh, wow. Pretending to have lost a child. Ooh. So uh, kind of fuck him for that. I, I do want to yeah. say. That. No. So, Ugh. I mean, I would, I think they're. Is this fucking fight club? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Maybe he got the idea from fucking fight club. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, th- what they're doing is much more tasteful. Yeah. Well, I mean. So I think I gave it a pass because I was watching this around the same time I learned that. So I, You're I like, was oh, like, Aaron well, at least they're not fucking Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get, I get that. I just, it feels strange because we're all supposed to be connecting on on the same level and right. for her to just be like well it's not like that yeah. i felt like that well, was, I'm and, like, yeah. i don't know and the thing that i did learn in psychology classes that i took in college is that homogeneity is one of the most important things for a support group to work yeah when you're all going through something you can be that rock for that's everyone why in the group. it's a support group yeah, yeah so for her to be like it's fucking no <laughs> not like that though yeah like <laughs> louder then why are you yeah you know but i mean but at the same time where else could she go yeah i mean that's fair i don't know because i mean in their own way they are in bereavement right they are i six just, months i think i was just i'm overly sensitive for that mother who shared her story and she's uh-huh. just like not like that it's like we're talking about me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like well that was kind of shitty but okay. no, it was but she says that she's not crazy and that she'll do whatever it takes to find simone so to me, I think this kind of cuts both ways because while she kind of was like, uh, no, that's not true or whatever yeah. to that poor woman. Yeah. They're also kind of belittling what she knows she saw. Right. That's true, too. I, f- I guess my thing, not necessarily that it's one side or the other that's wrong or right. I just feel like this isn't a good fit. No. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it, this is not helpful i think right. the group therapy leader needs to do a better job of what right. he's, uh, yeah maybe kinda, say something yeah they're like no he's let just him like, oh, yeah. let him fight, fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back at the orphanage carlos's map has grown much larger filled with more pins of maybe sightings of simone or maybe places that have been cleared right, right. A voice on the radio warns of an incoming snowstorm and in the next shot we see the entire city under a blanket of snow 
Laura and Carlos drive into town through cleared roads, passing a missing persons poster for Simon. In traffic at a red light, Laura holds packs of Simon's medication, looking at them. I didn't know if this is just like she's carrying it just to carry it because she always did. I yeah. feel like it's if they find him. I don't know. Yeah. That like hurt. It was very yeah. sad. Yeah. But the light turns green and Carlos pulls forward, stopping abruptly as not to hit a pedestrian pushing a stroller. The pedestrian turns around and Lauda recognizes her as Benina. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Yes. And she looks at her. Yeah. Both. Yes. But Benina begins to walk away and Laura steps out of the car and calls her name. She turns around to look at Lauda and out of fucking nowhere, she is run over by a speeding van. Well, she did say something before she got run over. What is that? She said, if you want to waste your life beating the shit out of Alex every time you see him, <laughs> then you can just drop fucking dead. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that's the only time I've been more shocked yes. by someone getting hit. And I thought that it was going to be like she was going to have hallucinated her. Yeah, yeah I didn't think that was real. And then she got hit real. by like a fucking bus. I was yeah. not like, that was not on my bingo card. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that happening. I loved that. I uh, was very shocked. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think I've been caught more off guard. <laughs> well, that's why I was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. nobody <laughs> was expecting that. But Laura screams in terror as the van drags the stroller screeching to a stop. Carlos rushes over with other concerned people to check on Benina. Laura struggles to run over to the van, calling out to Simone. She reaches the stroller underneath the van, pulling out a doll that looks exactly like the sack boy. I was like, not not a little mask on yeah. like, yeah. no. I mean, that's some good stitch work, though. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's Tomas. Yeah. Was like, yeah. It's him, right? I was like, this is some magpie creations yeah. level. <laughs> <laughs> some great work. <laughs> But she puts the doll on the ground and stumbles breathlessly over to the crowd gathered around Benina. Carlos gives what I can only describe as hilariously mimed CPR. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see someone giving CPR in a movie, I'm like, T's going to weigh in on this. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is that when you're working with a real actor, you can't push yeah. because yeah. you don't want to break their ribs. Yeah. And so he's like doing like his shoulders are fucking doing all the work. Well, <laughs> and it's just really, really funny he's doing looking. doing his best. But he leans down to breathe into her, and we see him lift his head, wiping blood from his face, shaking his head to Laura, conveying that Benina is dead. Very quickly, I already started, but I do have like 18 problems with this. First of all, compression-only CPR exists. Yeah, I was like, man, he fucking just went for it. Like, Yeah, are you a real doctor, man? Because uh, I'm going to put my face on this bleeding orifice. He, yeah. he, may, he may be Dracula. I think like, maybe. He's like, oh, shit, that's a meal. Yeah. <laughs> Take it where I can get it. But I just feel like also it's super fucking early as a doctor to just call her dead. He's like, nah. He's like, I tried five compressions. <laughs> that's I, it. I put my mouth yeah. in her blood. She's dead. That's how I test. But I, I just... I also have to point out that what we learn in just a second mm -hmm. like this is so fucking wrong are you dude. sure yeah. you're a doctor <laughs> yeah i don't think you're a doctor i'm gonna need to see some credentials carlos but another man places a jacket over benina's face before we can see exactly what she looks like yeah but people from the crowd are just repeating he destroyed her well, i know oh, that, that was fantastic. I, like i don't want to say that that's hilarious but, but what, what what happens in this town that they're just like oh, oh fuck yeah. <laughs> there's like nobody's crying no, no. i no. would be fucking like 
I know it's very on brand, but I would be sick to my stomach. Of course. I would probably be crying. You just saw somebody die a very horrible death right in front of me. Yeah. They're just like, fuck, dude. <laughs> like, I felt like so the, desensitized. The crowd was very um, strange. They weren't giving. <laughs> I felt like those <laughs> they were excited. Something happened. I guess they they nothing dead. happens here, man. Yeah. Fucking destroyed her, man. But Laura kneels down beside Benina and notices she's wearing a whistle just like the sack boy had. She reaches for it and Benina snaps back to life, tearing the jacket from her face. We see her entire lower jaw is detached in a bloody mess, hanging wide open like Mary Shaw got a hold of her. Yeah. <laughs> and Carlos grabs her arm, but suddenly she goes lifeless and slips into death. Carlos is like, I said you were yeah. Yeah, God damn it. Make me look like an idiot from all these people. I it's it was very jarring because I know we saw like the bit with her fingernail was very gross. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the only like gore. I mean, maybe her leg too. Fair. But to go from very minimal, like realistic, oh, she got her hand slammed, you know, whatever, to this. Yeah. I was like, this isn't that kind of movie. Like, no, dude. I was I was taken aback. I mean, I liked it. That's, no, it looked great. Yeah. I think that's where I have like a genuine disconnect because it looks so fucking yeah. good yeah. and yeah. it actually scared me, but it feels so weird in this film. Yeah. And then we'd go right back to like the subtle, like yeah. right. I was just like, like okay. Oh, you didn't just see a lady's jaw falling <laughs> yeah, off. All right. That never happened. You want to hear something ridiculous though? Of yeah. course. According to Deadbolt at a Sundance workshop, the screenwriter got a lot of shitty notes on this script probably most ridiculous one was they said uh, horror and drama can't mix which is like fucking oh, stupid what? yeah we all know that it can but the dumbest thing that they said was they told <laughs> they told him to keep Benina alive until the end of the film so that Laura could fight her <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, yeah that's that's like, what you do again yeah. it's not that kind of film <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking hilarious what would this so, movie have been I don't know dude so she- <laughs> They're that's just, not the end yeah. Yeah. no thankfully that's not the end of the film <laughs> that is fucking painfully funny yeah Benina's dead that's it <laughs> yeah she Period. got fucked up yeah, yeah. She, she was destroyed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing that I couldn't say earlier is that one of the important things about giving breaths during CPR is maintaining a good seal and if your patient only has one jaw. Yeah, probably not possible. One <laughs> bleeding open wound. It's <laughs> probably not going to work. I would like to know if Laura has ever been to his office. Because this feels like a John List situation where he right. just goes to the park for eight hours. <laughs> Mantis, and he's like, I'm a doctor. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but at the police station, Pilar says that they found old photographs and Super 8 film at Benina's house. She shows a photograph to Laura, asking if she recognizes anyone. She points to Antonia, the principal, as well as all the children from the orphanage from when she was a kid. There's Rita, played by Georgina Avellaneda, Martin, played by Carla Gordillo, Victor, played by Alejandro Camps, Guillermo, played by Oscar Lara, and Alicia, played by Carmen Lopez. I said, of course, one of them is named Guillermo. Yeah. I think that was intentional. <laughs> I do. I do want to call out the actress who plays Alicia because I looked it up and it's important to note that the character is blind. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's a very, very sweet moment that comes up later, but 
the actress who plays her is also blind. Oh, all right. And whenever I was looking it up, trying to find uh, information about the cast, Mm -hmm. one thing kept popping up on YouTube, and I think it has to be her, but there is a blind competitive surfer named Carmen Lopez who speaks Spanish and looks exactly like this kid grown up. Oh, wow. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a few interviews with her and she's fucking killing it. And I'm like, that's incredible. Just incredible. I also uh, really love them casting an actual blind child. That's very, very cool. Yes, I agree. What a life, man. I know. Jeez. But all of her friends are in the photo and she even points herself out. Bilar then points out a woman in the back wearing glasses it's Benina when she was younger, played by Carol Suarez. Still a very severe looking woman. That's literally that's literally her. Like it's it's this it's the yeah. same person. Am I wrong to start getting a little pissed off at Laura? Uh, well, I mean What do you mean? Like you don't recognize this oh, woman? Yeah. She looks exactly She looks the exactly the same. Yeah. She didn't change in like thirty years. No, yeah. I feel like it would have been a little more um I don't know if i'm trying to say realistic or forgivable maybe if she maybe had her hair down when she was younger fair or she had maybe her glasses weren't so thick yeah but this bitch like she's like no this is my look like i've been doing this for 30 years this is my same expression yeah Yeah, it's 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 the same thing no that's benina i (laughs) recognized her but as is revealed by pilar benina worked at the orphanage she explains that Benina wasn't there for long, but she had a son, Tomas, played by Oscar Casas. We see him in Super 8 film with a bag over his head, waving at the camera. Bilar explains that he was born with facial anomalies, so he was kept away from the other children. No one even knew he was there, which is why it surprised the town when they found the body. I just, I don't understand, I guess, because they made him the mask if that was the reason he was locked away because in the video he's waving he looks like just a kid trying to play yeah yeah i don't understand the need to give him a mask and fucking lock him away he didn't i mean let me be clear he didn't need a mask to begin with fair i just feel like why are you doing that to him i i i know we're supposed to feel sorry for him but i like really fucking but like no yeah. yeah this is wrong this it's fucked up and you're telling me there's no record of this kid being born yeah like yeah. i mean i don't know a lot of this i gotta i gotta say it's not adding up man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i was like see, he's he's not a monster no at all i, I like, mean my Jesus. i thought maybe like he's really aggressive or he was hurting the other children yeah. and so they separated them but no, no. they're just like oh no. no his face it's like yeah. what <laughs> no it's yeah it's messed up but tomas apparently disappeared while playing and his body was found on the nearby beach shortly after laura was adopted we see footage of Tomas playing alone on the beach, juxtaposed with the children playing together on the merry-go-round. Pilar explains that one of the children confessed that they played a trick on Tomas in the caves. They took off his mask to see if he'd come out, but rather than show his face to them, he stayed inside and eventually drowned. That yeah. fucking breaks my heart. Like that that's is like the saddest that's thing the I've ever heard. Saddest thing on the planet. I but I thought nobody knew he was there. Well, don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't look too close. <laughs> no. That's so sad. I would go fucking full Pamela Voorhees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no. Well, I mean, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. But she says that they found his body at low tide. Laura says Tomas was the boy that she saw that day, but Pilar says that nobody remembers seeing him there at the house. Back at home, 
Lauder watches one last Super 8 film, a dark and dingy room where Tomas sits drawing. The music grows tense and frightening as Tomas turns toward the camera without his mask. His face is scarred with several facial anomalies, as they said. My th- Okay, so, of course, the makeup looks good. That's not it does. what we're here about. Mm-hmm. But... For the amount of sympathy that I have for Tomas, they play this moment like, look at this shit. Yeah. And that's and really wrong. Yeah. It's fucked. It's fucked up. It's it's sad as hell. He's he is ashamed by how he was born that he would rather die than have people see him. Yeah. Yeah. But the filmmakers are like, look at this kid. Yeah. It's like, dude, don't you realize you're undermining exactly yeah. yes. what you just yeah. set up? <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Like it just it as I was watching it was like, like no but fucking look yeah. at him. And yeah. it's even like dark and dingy. It's like what filter did she have on that fucking yeah. camera? <laughs> it's like come on, dude. No, it's shitty. It's too much. They're like you see why the kids did that, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like no. God damn, no we don't. <laughs> no. You're an asshole. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. But sometime later, Laura watches as Carlos sits solemnly at the piano, fighting tears as a metronome clicks and he plays a minor chord. There we go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is what we were, um, you know, the little bit of vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, this seems very similar to a few years later in Insidious. I was just yeah. thinking that. Yeah. And there's some other stuff that feels. What if you started <laughs> singing her song? Yeah. I'd be like, that's <laughs> always been looking that way. <laughs> he just can't be here today. <laughs> But that night, Laura rolls over in bed as the bedroom door opens. Facing away, we see the sheet lift up and someone lies down next to her. Laura tells Carlos that she doesn't remember what it's like to sleep through the night. She asks him if he remembers that they used to call Simone their two little extra kilos because that's all he weighed. She says the doctor said it wasn't enough, but it was plenty for them. She says Simone made them strong and they're stronger together. She then apologizes for getting upset, but she says it's been very, very hard. Completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did anybody else Google how much two kilos was? I should have. It's four pounds. Oh. About four pounds. Isn't that what I weighed when I was born? Were you that little? I was. A I know you were a preemie. Tiny Dude, little baby. That's not okay. No. <laughs> the doctor also said that wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> but this is when she notices light pouring out from underneath their bathroom door, two legs standing behind it. She alerts Carlos that someone is in their bathroom and the light turns off. The doorknob turns and it's Carlos. Not just the doorknob yeah, turns. Yeah, I was going to say. The doorknob turns and it's like... Yeah. Oh, well. Carlos, why the fuck are you opening the door like that? Yeah, He's trying to be scary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, you're doing a bang that's, up job. That's exactly what I wrote. Why Why would you come out of the bathroom like that? You don't need well, to yeah. Stop it. I understand if you're doing it slowly because you're trying not to wake her, but these doors oh, aren't yeah. good for that. No. <laughs> Get some WD-40. Just do it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Lauda rolls over and finds nobody there. She tells him that somebody was here and the spot is even still warm. He's like, yeah, I just got up. I just gave a whole monologue. Yeah. Yes. Your side of the bed would have been cooled off by now. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. That's not how temperature works. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you be like, I literally, I felt someone. I thought it was you. Like, yeah. I feel like Lauda doesn't really fight for. No. And how, how long were you gone? Like, he's yeah. like, I just, it's, it's probably still warm for me. I just got up to take a shit for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had a lot of night farts. Are <laughs> the bed was very warm when I, I didn't got want up. to disturb you. <laughs> yeah. The bed was molten when I got up. So now it should be about human body heat. 
<laughs> but she says that she's convinced that someone got into the bed and they just stand there looking at each other. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and this is where I'm like kind of pissed off because this is like the trope of the yes. haunted house husband yeah. where he's just kind of an asshole. Yeah. I, I, I was at that point too. I was the same thing. I was like, I don't, I was like, why are you not believing your wife? I don't understand at all. It's like you, you guys went in on this together to do this. Mm-hmm. You really think that this is some shit she's going to be making up or just trying to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like she's like, pay attention to me. She's like, I want to find my son. Yeah. Our son. Our son. Yeah. Our yeah. son. Yeah. Come on. What are you doing? And I mean, this isn't that unbelievable. Right. With everything else that's been going on, I would start reading into this shit. Yeah. Right. Or at least like, okay, I'll humor you. Let's, you right. know what I mean? Show me what you got. See, you know that's, what I mean? <laughs> that's one thing Insidious had over this film because Josh yeah. believed everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, move houses? You got it. <laughs> you got you a bus. Got a bus. <laughs> <laughs> but the next day, Laura attends a paranormal talk from Professor Leo Balaban, played by Edgar Vivar. Was that Ed and Lorraine Warren on stage? I, dude, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a conference thing and there's two people, a man and a woman sitting on the stage. I, I like, wouldn't be surprised. It's like, Patrick Wilson, you just had to be in this somewhere, didn't you? Well, if it's Ed and Lorraine Warren, then I don't believe a goddamn thing <laughs> this guy's saying. <laughs> but after he discusses the German idea of doppelgangers and Jung's insistence of the living and the dead coexisting in the subconscious... We see Balaban meeting privately with Laura, who tells him that Simone has now been missing for nine months. Can you imagine that question mark for nine? I would. She's holding it together. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing is I want to see Carlos fucking more active. Yeah. Like, why isn't he here with her? Yeah. Because he doesn't he doesn't believe in all this. But even if he doesn't believe. Yeah. Support your fucking wife. Yeah. Yeah whatever can help her feel better i just don't get these fucking haunted house husbands yeah it's annoying it's super annoying but she says that strange things have been happening and she doesn't know who to turn to she shows him the piece of fabric that she tore from tomas's mask and tells balaban that the police say that he's been dead for 30 years he inspects the fabric then tells her that there's someone he trusts in the field that he would like to contact then he asks her sincerely would you allow a medium to visit your home? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after... As, yeah. I feel like that's got to be the only thing they haven't done yet, right? Well, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Did he have to sniff it? I don't know about yeah, I don't that. Know. <laughs> I don't know why he's, I mean, he's like, yep, 30 years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like, oh, damn, this is some dusty-ass fabric. <laughs> well, he's like, well, how haunted is this thing? Maybe he, that's his power. His sniffer. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, fucking dude had dice in Insidious right. Chapter oh, yeah. 2. I don't know. He's like, I smell things. <laughs> but sometime later, back at their house, we see Aurora, played by Geraldine Chaplin, walking slowly through Simone's room. Yes, Geraldine Chaplin is the daughter of Charlie Chaplin. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I read on Wikipedia that I think she went to some trip in Europe, and while she was there, she learned french and spanish wow <laughs> and so she's been in a ton of french films a ton of spanish films what a badass Damn. yeah that's so cool because she does very well in this yeah, yeah. She, does. she does not at all seem out of place no. i was very impressed but after learning that this wasn't a bedroom back when the building was an orphanage she says that they should start here 
Enrique, Aurora's associate played by Andres Getrudix, snaps into action to get his equipment set up. Aurora asks for an old object from the house, something related to its history, clothing if possible. After the sound of a mild breeze and footsteps, Aurora says that they're not alone. The doorbell then rings and Carlos says it's Pilar and asks if she can attend the session. Aurora agrees, simply stating, cops are cool. <laughs> I liked that. But <laughs> Laura did not look like she knew that Pilar no. was coming. No, and that is kind of a sticking point for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we'll, we'll probably get more into that in a little bit, but um, nothing was explicitly said here, but just the look on her face was, uh, she didn't look happy about it. Well, no. he, he's acting kind of weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then plus, why would you do that? Come on, man. You know what I mean? Y'all went this. Y'all went with the cops already and did yes. whatever. Let's try this. You know what I mean? What What is it going to hurt? You're attending. You're watching. Especially you're, if you don't believe in it. Yeah. Then nothing's going to happen. Like Until Aurora is like, now that'll be $7 million. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's when we can start. But until then, let it play yeah. out. And don't be a dick about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. But that night, Laura, Carlos, and Pilar sit with Enrique at his monitors, cameras now set up all over the house. On the monitor, we see Aurora take hold of the old doll that Laura found in Simone's bed, and Enrique explains that the old objects allow her to facilitate her trance for her to begin a psychic summoning. He explains that it's almost like time travel, and though it sounds like witchcraft, it's not anything to be feared. If there's anything here, Aurora will see it. Carlos clearly skeptical, says if there's anything here, he hopes they'll all see it and then kind of stares Enrique down. Yeah, it's like, okay, pipe yeah. down. Like, nobody yeah. fucking asked you. Yeah. First, where was his fucking energy like? And what he's saying is very fascinating yeah. uh-huh. about the parallel perception and past, present, all yeah, happening yeah. at once. Like, yeah. tell me more, Professor. Carlos, <laughs> shut the fuck <laughs> up. Like, stop. Wait outside if you're going to yes. be in the water if you're going to be... <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out that, of course, I mean, just like with Insidious having a lot of poltergeist influences, right. mm-hmm. this feels very poltergeist. Yeah, it oh, does. Oh, yeah. And it feels, I mean, I'm kind of torn because I like this because it's kind of cool, but some of this kind of feels out of place in this film, too. A, a little, a little. But now that you're, like, mentioning it, I can definitely see... I feel like Lee Winnell and James Wan maybe really like this movie. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is, to me, I was like, oh, so this is kind of like Insidious. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I, I honestly didn't catch it until you said that, but now it's like, um. No, I when I watched it, that when we watched it, and then I was like, oh, okay, I was like, just a little yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, I can kind of, I yeah. can see some influence. It's funny to me because there were always those parallels to me with Insidious and Poltergeist, like All I right. said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then after watching this, I was like, no, there's some stuff that's specific to this yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that they loved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to say, I love seeing when people are influenced by something and make something new and interesting. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Because they did their own thing, but there is some DNA here yeah. that oh, cannot yeah. be denied. But Balaban starts a flickering light in Aurora's room and then joins the others at the monitors, communicating with Aurora through an earpiece. He talks her into a state of hypnosis, enveloping her in darkness, then telling her to imagine it disappearing. He then counts her down from 10, and after that, she can go wherever she wants to go and see anyone hiding in the house. He says, you're now in the further. (laughs) (laughs) 
But after he counts down, Aurora opens her eyes and is shivering cold. Balaban asks if she's alone in the room, but she says that she can hear someone. Enrique traces a map as she walks into the hallway. She continues walking through rooms of the house, hearing a voice, but losing it as she continues. Even that is very like specs. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't unsee it now. He has hopes for fate. <laughs> <laughs> but at the monitors, they notice a waveform on one of the devices rising and falling. And we hear a child's voice say, all alone. Aurora then hears children at the end of the hall, and as they follow her on the monitors, she stops at a closed door. The children behind the door beg for help, crying that they're sick. She asks them to open the door, but they tell her that they want her to open it. She does, and we see her recoil in horror as the music reaches a crescendo and all the children scream. She asks, what have they done? Balaban tells her to describe what she sees. She says, five children, very sick and crying. Like, tell us something we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what was going on? I mean, I, I don't. Well, uh, we find out later. Uh, but goddamn. I, and I'm sorry. I feel bad. I understand Aurora is a psychic and everything. But and there's no way they could have warned her. But this yeah. is a lot. No. Yeah. <laughs> take poor woman. For yeah, an you want to come check out this hey, house? Yeah, sure. <laughs> At least dude was keeping track of her. True. With the map. Yeah. And yeah. The, I was yeah. like, OK, like if we need to rescue. Yeah. Her. But Aurora asks the children what happened to them, and they say someone's going to kill them. She then asks, who could have poisoned you? Laura asks if Simone is with them, and when Aurora asks the children, shit goes haywire, and all the screens give way to static. Balaban's like, let's pull her out. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Fuck? Yeah. Too much. Too much. That's so sad. Like, it it's is. so scary and so sad. Oh, yeah. But he begins to guide Aurora out of the psychic summoning trance. He counts down from 10, and as he does, all the screens come back online, and we find Aurora seated in the chair that she started in, which I thought was very cool. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Somehow she guided her way. Yeah. That's a lot. But now all gathered in the living room, Aurora explains that she was in this house, but everything was much older. The light from the lighthouse beamed in through the windows, but she says while it was too dark to recognize anyone, the children were there. Carlos is over it, telling her that she's talking about ghosts. Balaban is like, we all saw it, bro. Like, right. what that's, the fuck? that's my thing. Yeah. Why are you acting like you didn't hear all that scary shit? I don't know. It was like we were all sitting there together. Yeah. <laughs> Did you check out? And I think what <laughs> it's like, this is too much. <laughs> yeah, it was too much for him. I'm too scared. <laughs> and what makes it more scary was it that it wasn't even like a demon's like, oh, I'm coming for you. Right? No, you know I mean? there were fucking children in distress. Yes, and it was like, uh, how do how do we help them? What are we doing? And the mm-hmm. way Aurora but, was reacting. Yeah, to yeah. It. <laughs> But Aurora explains that when something terrible happens in a location, it leaves a trace. And this house shines. (laughs) (laughs) But she calls it a knot between two timelines, like an echo repeating over and over waiting to be heard. A scar that begs for a caress to relieve it. She lifts her sleeve, revealing several scars and tells Laura, we who are close to death are more receptive to those messages. Doesn't she describe it as it leaving a mark, like a pinch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then she like pinches Lauda. Yeah. I'm like, I think she already knew what a pinch <laughs> was. She's yeah. like, it leaves a mark, like a punch in the face. It's like, you know what? Fucking bust like my teeth. Was, I feel like this, that wasn't like super necessary. No, it's not. But so is the implication here that since Simone is sick, that he's he was more susceptible 
I think more. so. Right. And also, did like Lauda try to kill herself? I don't know. And I also don't know if Aurora is saying that she's also close to death. Yeah. That, that line was a little. Uh, them sh- her like revealing their wrists and their arms. That's uh, that felt like that was what was implied. Right. I'm but we be... never talk about it before or, or after. after. So I, I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know. And I'm going to be 100% honest. The orphanage was only available on Amazon Prime in standard definition. Yeah, it didn't look great. It didn't look great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chance that we missed a lot of shit. <laughs> we did not watch this film. No, no yeah, we just skipped it. No, but I mean, there could have been even markings that I didn't even notice. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it looked like marks on their arms. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> You're the one that wears glasses. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so I'm going to take your word for it, but... Laura asks if Simone could see the children because, and that's when Carlos is like, I said, that's enough. Yeah. But so that's what, that's what she's saying, right? Pretty yes, much. Yeah. Absolutely. But he tells everyone to get their things and leave. Pilar even calls them a sideshow trick. I don't remember asking you a yeah. goddamn oh, thing. Oh no. Yeah. That, Pipe the fuck that, down. Yeah, that I, got me heated. Oh yeah. Like, no, oh no, 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 no. It's like you're, you're, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize yeah. you were their grandmother. Yeah. And shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing here? Laura's like, they don't even want money. And Pilar says, not yet. Bitch. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. They're, or what you said. They're not even asking for no. money. Yeah. When they do, we can have this conversation. It was the same yeah. exact thing in Insidious. Yeah. They hadn't even asked for money. They're like, we just need to try something a little unorthodox. Yeah. yeah. And Josh is like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Let them talk. But Laura tells her that the police have been slacking and haven't found shit. So should she just sit and wait or listen to what Aurora has to say? She asks Pilar how many cases similar to this one that she's had in this town before telling her to get another distraction because she didn't invite her here. Ooh, I was like, uh, yes, yeah. bitch. <laughs> I was very happy with this. But it's funny to me because we don't really see Pilar leave. Like, she's just gone. <laughs> she's that the meme where the dude throws up the yeah. peace sign. Yeah, and just completely vaporizes. <laughs> Because the next thing we see is the group of psychics and researchers all packed up in their van, ready to leave. But we see Lauda rush to the window, asking Aurora what she should do. Aurora tells Lauda that she's a good mother and that her pain will guide her and give her strength, but only she knows how far she's willing to go. She says seeing is not believing. It's the other way around. Believe and you will see. Such a good line. Yes. That's the type of shit, though, that scared me when I was a kid. Yeah. Because if I watched a movie and it was like, oh, this, you know, maybe he lives next door to you type of shit or whatever. (laughs) In my mind, I'm like, I was safe because I didn't know about it. Yeah. Now that I know about it, it's going to come get my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm fucked. Yeah. Thanks a lot, movie. (laughs) But I told you, I I always said that whenever I have kids, the way I'm going to calm them down is by telling them, look. Just because you've seen Michael Myers' greatest hits, like he wasn't waiting for you to, <laughs> to find that out. He's like, oh, it's on. Like, yeah. Now he'll be really scared. It's like, no, he wasn't sitting there and wait. Yeah. <laughs> but Lauda looks back at where Carlos was standing in the doorframe to see that he's gone. She heads inside to find him, taking down the newspaper clippings in his office. He tells her they can't stay here anymore. They should go somewhere else for a little while. Laura says that she can't because she heard the children and she needs to stay. Yeah, especially after Aurora made contact. There's no fucking way. Yeah. There's yeah. no way. If nothing happened tonight, 
we can talk. Yeah, yeah. there's no way. But like, after well, what why you... are you taking that shit down? We didn't yeah, find I, him. Yeah, what the see again? This All is drama. I'm, like, yeah. stop I'm getting real mad. He's like, you yelled at Bilal. <laughs> <laughs> We're shutting down the studio. (laughs) (laughs) But Carlos says Enrique was just fiddling around with wires up there and the whole thing could have been a setup. Come on, dude. My thing is Simone already had his his homies, his imaginary friends. Yes. You were talking to new kids after we got here. Mm -hmm. Aurora heard some kids. Yes. These are probably the kids that Simone yeah. was talking to. If nobody alive is helping us, let's try talking to these kids. Yeah. I don't know what is so wrong about it. Like, what are you not that? understanding? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. We're not going to lose anything from right. this. No. You can only gain finding him. And they haven't asked for money yet. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, at all. That's my sticking point because this is all on the up and up still. It's like, great, now I've lost my son and my husband. Yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm not doing this. And Pilar, whoever the hell. Yeah, yeah, no, go fucking stay with that bitch. In the water? Do night parts in her bed. <laughs> but she says that he sounds like Pilar, and he says that Pilar is trying to protect them from things like tonight, things fucking up their lives even more. Pilar doesn't even know us. Yeah. No. The way she's sidled up in the hospital. Yeah. Like, uh, she Mm-mm. doesn't care how many what's her caseload man when yeah, a case. no. <laughs> <laughs> but he said that they had no interest in finding simone only contacting the dead he says if simone is alive then they can't help them at all and if he is dead then they can't recover him either but you would know yeah if that's his logic if they only oh they only want to talk to the dead people okay those dead people might know something. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather? I mean, it's horrible, but wouldn't you rather know? Yeah. Then continue with this. Yes. Confusing. Yeah. I just, I can't with Carlos. Like I, he had me in the first half. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but as the film goes on, he just fucking pisses me off. The piano was captivating. Yeah. And then. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And now he's a dick. But he says, I'm neither willing nor able to keep taking this shit which is literally my mantra when I wake up and remember who I am. (laughs) (laughs) But he asks her again to leave, but she just cries and tells him that he can't ask her to give up. He tells her that many couples lose children and pull through, but she says that she just wants to be with Simone. She can't stop him from leaving, but she just wants to be with Simone. He holds her as she continues to cry. After a beautiful shot of the lighthouse in the morning light, Mm -hmm. we see Laura seated alone on the steps of the orphanage. She heads back inside, standing in the communal bedroom. She asks, where are you? And tells whoever is listening that she's not afraid. Just then, a window crashes down, shattering glass onto the floor and a seat by the window. I feel like there was a gentler way that you could have told me to look at that. (laughs) Yeah. Where are you? Bang! Like, God, God damn. damn. Gotta go DDP yeah. with it. <laughs> but Laura removes the padding to find small wooden planks with the children's names written on them. She moves them aside to find an obviously haunted set of dolls. Yes. Yeah. She retrieves the doll that she found earlier and places it with the others. As soon as she does, she sees something underneath them. She picks it up and sees that it's a photo of her holding Simon standing next to their car and laughing with each other. She asks if they're playing with her and the house begins to creak. This game started yeah. a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, it's like it took you this long. Yeah. To fucking... yeah. It's like, dude, we've been waiting. Yeah. yeah. Outside, we see the merry-go-round squeal to life moving slightly. 
So yes, it is the time to play. But back inside, Laura flips through a photo album, finding a flower in the place where the photo was taken from. She heads outside to the garden, searching through the bushes to find her embroidery from earlier. She rushes up to her bedroom, searching through the sheets, and finds an ice cream wrapper from Simon's first ever ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) She then dumps out his chest, finding an errant doorknob. She rushes through the house, trying to find where it's meant to go, and after coming up empty, she rushes out to the storage shed where she found Benina fucking around all those months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. In her search, she finds Benina's brooch resting on the ground in front of several bags of, I think, fertilizer. Sure. Yeah. I looked it up and I found those bags. We can buy them, but I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's buy them and find out. I guess we'll just open it. Think, oh, wow. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. But she moves the bags to find a small door. Unfortunately, it's locked. Instead of taking no for an answer, she tries to pry it open with a shovel before just kicking a hole in it and looking inside. I mean, that's one yeah. way to do it. <laughs> But after pulling out several bricks, she lights a lantern and crawls inside. She pulls out four full sacks, but when she goes for the fifth, it rips as it slides over the doorframe. Ash pours out and dust fills the air as she breathes heavily. The camera presses in through the other side of the door at Laura as she begins to dig through the ash. She pulls something out of it, dusting it off to reveal a lower jawbone. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Isn't yeah. this kind of proof, though, that the mediums were right? I would think yeah. so. And I would think that this would be evidence. I would hope it'd be evidence enough right. for fucking Carlos to get on board. Yeah. Yeah. But he's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she drops the jawbone, begging out loud and hoping it isn't Simon. She then empties the other sacks, all of them containing a combination of ash and bone. In one of the sacks is also the shirt embroidered with the name Martin. So these are the children. Yeah. She sits there covered in ash and disbelief. So did she kill these kids? Or Laura? No. Oh, I was like, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's like, it was standard definition. I don't know. <laughs> like, Because when she had the shovel, was she coming to try to take them? See, and that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Okay. But it's so fucking ridiculous that she's like, well, since someone's living here, I better move those yeah. bodies. Let me go get those sacks. <laughs> like, God damn. But in the next scene, we see the police on the property sorting through the mess that Laura found. She watches through a window, looking down at Carlos and Pilar having a conversation out front. I feel like Carlos and Pilar are having too many asides. Yeah. Really? Yes. He invites yeah. this bitch to the fucking uh, whatever it was, seance with Lin Shay. Like, like <laughs> nobody. <laughs> well, this is a conversation that she was not privy to. Now she's in the house after being fucking traumatized by these sacks of children ashes and now you're trying to fucking have a little aside on the side of the house well he needs to have an aside because nah. this, is, this is her case no he has to find out what's going on no your priority is simone and you haven't done a fucking thing well we all agree on that yeah, yeah. No. i'm not telling this bitch anything and you're not either wait yeah. so now so now you're not cooperating with the police. no <laughs> so now now you're a suspect i don't care well, i don't care i think you will care <laughs> I didn't appreciate it. And I didn't know if this was just evidence that they're not on the same page or maybe something else is going on. I, I'm not saying that this is a lemon square situation. I'm just saying that I don't fucking like it. Yeah, it, it was a little weird. I never saw a pastry change hands. Yeah. <laughs> so the jury's out here. Not that we saw. No. Well, maybe it was a deleted scene. <laughs> 
But we then see Laura watching a Super 8 film of the children from the orphanage, and they're sat at a table enjoying a blackberry pastry together. She sits on her bed with her knees at her chest as Carlos walks in. Carlos brings her a tray of food, and when asked, confirms that there were five bodies. Laura says that they were all her friends. She then says that Benina killed them, and that's why they found her in the shed. She was trying to retrieve the bodies. I was like, so she did yeah. go Pamela Voorhees. Yeah, she did. You, spoiler alert. You called it. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Hey, nay in the past. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Chill. Yeah. But Laura says that she's figured it all out. Their game killed Tomas, and now they're playing with her and Simon. She says Simon's in danger because she doesn't know how to play. She, you do know how yeah. to play. You just played. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't have found their bodies if you didn't play. Yeah. What are you talking it's about? Girl. I know you're going through a lot, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You're great at this game. Don't. <laughs> yeah, because that scavenger hunt was easy as yeah, fuck. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> but this is when Carlos flat out tells her that she's making it up. I'm sorry. I, I had to set my pen down. <laughs> Carlos, you are on the fucking thinnest device. Like yes. you're you're on water. Like yes. you're I. Are you fucking kidding? I don't under. I. You know what? I'm gonna say it. I've seen. <laughs> I don't care that. Yeah, you I broke don't your... care that he broke his leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna say that of all the haunted house dads, I think he's becoming my least favorite. I yeah. mean, because he has not been there at no. all. No. In any way, he gave her the necklace, which was very nice. Right. But then I, maybe the necklace was like kryptonite and it was keeping him from being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm unleashed. Yes, I'm exactly. untethered. <laughs> My thing is, is like, how can you, you sat there and heard those kids. Yes. Even yeah. if you didn't see anything, you heard what was going on. Yes. That lady was not making those voices. No. no. She, and she was clearly having a conversation with them and you heard the response back. And reacting very yeah. strongly to everything <laughs> yeah. that was going on. And I'm sorry, but do we or do we not have five bodies on our property? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not so, like she said there were five children. Like, come, come on, dude. I mean, and we have the photograph of the kids. Yeah. We have Benina in the background looking the same. Looking yeah. like Benina. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> fuck. But she asks who left the clues for her this afternoon then. And Carlos just says that Simone made it all up for attention. Instead of answering her question directly, he tells her that he's packed and he doesn't want them staying here anymore. He won't live here and he's not going to let her stay here alone. Lauda refuses, saying that she has too many memories here. She says that she has to say goodbye and asks for two days alone. She begs him even. We then cut to Lauda walking Carlos to his car. She kisses him and he gets inside. He then rolls down the window to look at her one last time before driving away. Laura looks back at the house before heading inside. Just stay for two days then. It's two days. Yeah, just stay with her for two days. Granted, she did say alone. No, no. I, I, okay, I'll leave you the fuck alone. But I'm not going to be But I'm going to be here. Yeah. yeah. I feel like at least they left things semi-decently. I just... Uh, you really fucking dropped the ball, Carlos. Like, oh, yeah. You... you you done goofed. I don't know yeah. what else to yeah. say. But in something of a montage, we see that it's out with the new and in with the old as Lauda replaces all of the furniture and decor, remodeling the house to look just as it was when it was an orphanage. This bitch is putting in yeah. work. Yeah, she I'd have been like, Carlos, <laughs> yeah. Carlos, wait, before you leave, can you set up these beds? Yeah. <laughs> That's the just last quick, thing I need from you. Quick. But she also brings back the creepy ass scarecrow, which... <laughs> Your favorite. Might have been too far, I think. <laughs> 
But we get an odd transition of lightning in the night sky before we're immediately taken to the next morning. I guess they're like, this is day two. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Remember? She only asked for two. That's it. But we watch as Laura dresses herself similarly to what she wore as a child in the orphanage, still wearing the medal that Carlos gave her. She pops a few pills, flashing back on earlier in the day when she was apparently picking a basket full of blackberries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was odd to do it like that. You could have just shown her picking the blackberry. I don't know. (laughs) But she heads outside with that random doorknob and rings a bell by the front door. The camera pans across empty rooms inside the house, and we see Lauda waiting alone at the dining room table. In each chair sits one of the dolls, and the table is filled with drinks and a variety of pastries. She's been very busy. Yeah, I was like, she baked all that? I was like, fuck. Can I haunt this house? Right. I think it's here that there's like violin playing and it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is just throughout. Yeah. Yeah. So good. But she quietly says a prayer. But when she opens her eyes, she's still alone, fed up and realizing that she's running out of time. She screams, what do you want from me? It finally hits her. They want to play. So she proposes a deal. They can play for a while, but then they have to tell her where Simone is. She heads to a room where, in the dark, she begins the old childhood game, one, two, three, knock on the wall. After a couple of attempts, she grows frustrated, and in tears, she begins to knock again, but hears movement behind her. In an incredible back-and-forth shot, she continues playing as the spirits of the dead children slowly join her in the room. This is brilliant mirroring of the beginning of the film. Yes. And I would be, I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't be consciously thinking of it at that moment but i remodeled this whole fucking house yeah yeah i made you blackberry pastries i set up tea i'm trying to get sugar out of some fucking antique hard ass sugar <laughs> all i had to do yeah where was that yeah, sugar? Was that also <laughs> buried in the it's thing from back in the day all i had to do was play the knock on the wall game yeah mm-hmm. that's it's sad it's yeah. so sad do you want to and I, I would also be frustrated another thing that i was thinking of that is kind of interesting that is never brought up but if laura wasn't adopted she would have been killed oh, along with yeah. these kids yeah. yeah you're right but nobody ever says that yeah and that's terrifying yeah but after a few more rounds of the game a child tags her and she chases after them a little girl peeks her head out from around the corner and laura stops her telling her that she's not going to hurt her she just wants to know where simone is the girl disappears around the corner, and when Lauda joins her, she finds that little side door over by the stairs wide open. The pieces of scaffolding are still there, along with other random objects, and she heads inside, and immediately the door slams behind her. She steps out to see who did it, but there is no one there, so she heads back inside, and the door closes again, and before it can creak close, it just slams very loudly. Yeah. yeah. I jumped. Yes. <laughs> Lauda turns on an overhead light and begins knocking on the walls until one of the knocks sounds a bit hollow. She moves the scaffolding out of the way and finds a tear in the wallpaper as well as a hole. She forces the doorknob into the hole and turns it to open a secret door. Behind the door is an incredibly dusty staircase, so she heads down into the darkness and turns on a light that flickers to life. Downstairs, she finds Tomas's table from the Super 8 film, the walls covered in his drawings. The drawings, like, 
tugged at my yeah. heart. Really? He had to be so lonely. Like oh, it yeah. makes me and yeah. the way that Simone was like his little house. It's like no, that's not his little yeah. house. No. Ugh, it like it makes me so sad. This whole part is very it it only gets more. Yeah. I know. But then also I'm like because the whole thing with the the little room and them slamming the door on her and everything mm-hmm. like it's scary in the moment but it's like they're like no go, go yeah, down yeah, the yeah. Uh. yeah yeah it's a lot but she looks at a photo of Tomas and Benina but stops when she hears a creaking noise behind her she walks over to a wall pulling away at a curtain to reveal a small bed and a child covered by a blanket she asks Simon and the child turns around to reveal Simon himself she found him yeah she cradles him asking if he's okay and remarking that he's cold she tells him that she's going to get him out of here but they're interrupted by noises of movement and children's laughter upstairs it's like you better not be eating my pastry yeah (laughs) some of that was for me (laughs) but simone turns back to laura and asks her to stay and play with him laura tells him that they can't stay to play she wraps him in his blanket and tells him to imagine it's just the two of them here She says, think only about that. Think about daddy. Think about next Christmas and all the things we'll do together. She tells him to close his eyes and think about what he'll be when he grows up and all the things he'll do and all the friends he'll make. The camera spins around them as she tells him to believe that Tomas and the other children aren't real, that it's all a fantasy like a nightmare. She says when he opens his eyes to make them go away. She closes her eyes, too, and she opens them to silence, still cradling the blanket. She feels for Simone, but the blanket just drops to the ground empty. She then looks around, noticing bits of the wall are busted open and a part of the railing on the staircase is broken. She looks over, coughing at the stench, noticing the body of a child wearing Tomas's mask. Laura flashes back to when Simone asked to show her Tomas's little house, As she advances on the body, she remembers when she searched the side door by the stairs months ago when the scaffolding fell out and she propped it back inside, unintentionally blocking the secret door to this (sighs) underground room. She remembers hearing noises coming from the room and imagines Simone crashing through the railing of the staircase and falling into the position where the child's body is now. She kneels down, removing the mask to reveal Simone dead. My gut literally yeah. dropped. I could not have been more shocked. The fact that all this supernatural shit is actually happening in this house. Yeah. But his death was just a terrible, terrible accident. Yeah. yeah. Has nothing to do. Oh my yeah. God. Ugh. It just, it kills me. But her screams of horror and pain echo throughout the house. And I literally, there are very few films that make my jaw drop. Yeah. Yeah. My jaw fucking dropped. Yeah. Because I think you want to know something, honestly, is I think that this film, probably better than most, does a really good job of showing you things that you don't think matter. Right. Only for them to be dead giveaways. Yeah. Of like these massive things. Like her putting the stuff back in the. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, oh, so she just put that back. But no. Everything means something. Well, because so and and in some films you're like, okay, well that's gonna come into play later. Yeah. But there's so much shit going on at that moment when she does that that you're not that you're like, what the fuck? Okay, whatever. Where is he? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I and think it was so frantic. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the fact that they gave him back. Yeah. And then we find out what actually it's it's too much. It is yeah. entirely too much. I'm I gonna- just. 
put this down is too much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, put me down for that. Yes. Too much. But later that night, Laura carries Simone's body upstairs into the communal bedroom. She says she found him and that it isn't fair. She sits by the window and swallows handfuls of pills, choking them down and clutching the metal around her neck until the chain breaks and she slumps over motionless. And we see Simone's little face. Yes. It's like we're not, they don't even shield us from, I feel like in a lot of movies she would have taken the mask off and then we would see her screaming. It's like, no, this is him. Yeah. And and he's gone. I mean, it's, ah, again, it's too much. You waited too long to play. Well, I mean, she didn't know. I know, but uh, I mean... He he told her, "Look, this is what we got to do." Yeah, and she got that first clue. You should have just. I, kept... He was already gone. I think when they were trying to play the game. I think. Well, I'm trying to think of because whenever. So does that mean that Simone is the one that slammed her door, her hand in the door? See, I don't know because, like I said, I've watched this three times uh, now. Because he's wearing. And I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why it would have been Tomas to do that. Yeah. I think maybe he was angry at her because she fucking slapped him. Yeah. yeah. And he pushed her and was like, let's play. Like he had yeah. the key. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I didn't mean to mangle your finger. And but then, yeah. yeah. And then he ran down there and she couldn't find him. I think that that's what happened. Yeah. Because she didn't know that room existed. Right. Exactly. But the camera moves through the house, finding Laura again in the room as she raises her head and opens her eyes. The house creaks around her as she makes her wish. She wants Simone back. As soon as she says it, the light from the lighthouse beams into the room, cycling around, fully operational. And you know what that means. Yeah. But it's like she won the game. Yeah. So she and yeah. he told her if you win the game, you, you get, get a your wish. wish. But she looks at the lighthouse surprised, then looks down to see herself as a child looking up at her before running across the lawn. She sets Simone down and we watch as life returns to him. She looks down and he asks her if he can wake up. She kisses him and says, of course he can. He tells her that he found the secret coins and he's ready to make a wish. He wishes she'd stay and look after all of them. They turn to see the children from the orphanage sitting up in their beds. The bedroom door opens and Tomas, not wearing his mask, walks in, joining hands with Alicia, and they slowly approach Laura and Simone. Alicia touches Laura's face and recognizes her as their childhood friend. The music swells as Rita, Martin, and Guillermo join them, Guillermo saying that Laura has grown old like Wendy in the story. Victor is initially hesitant to join them, but Laura tells him not to be afraid. Simone smiles and once again gives Laura the ingredients of a story. The house, the beach, the lost children. She begins, Once upon a time and tells the children a story as the camera pulls back and they sit around her, the lighthouse circling in the background and Simone in her arms. All the callbacks here. Yes. Mm -hmm. The lighthouse, her seeing herself in that parallel, you know, shit that, what was that guy's name, Eduardo? Enrique. Enrique was talking about him doing the story game. Can I wake up? Can I wake up? It's just bam, bam, bam. Like you're just hit with it back to back to back. I like the first time when we watched this together mm-hmm. like because we were like we're gonna watch it without taking notes and then we watched it separately to take our notes uh-huh. um i was crying from when she found him to the credits just the whole yeah. thing <laughs> when I watched it. oh and peter pan yes yeah 
yeah when i watched it again to take my notes i was okay because again i I know it's coming it's like prepare yourself when alicia touches her face and she's like it's Laura. yeah i'm fucking done i can't <laughs> like i can't it's just too much because this is what she wanted moving back here yeah oh so yeah it's like, and she said five to six kids yes yeah. it's just it's everything so devastating but like also hopeful and like beautiful i don't know how it's accomplishing all of it (laughs) but it it just it gets me it just tears me up like i can't i can't deal with it and as sad as it is the music does sell it as a hopeful moment yes that's what it's like this is the saddest shit i've ever seen in my life but also (laughs) like i'm getting warm and fuzzies i don't like i can't explain it but that's what's happening i I don't know (laughs) i it's it's very powerful yeah as a sequence i i got goosebumps and almost yeah. teared up reading yeah no my, my shitty yeah. version of it i'm like my <laughs> shitty version. i'm like trying to hold it together right now no it's, it's, and the fact that they they missed her yeah. yeah because even at the beginning they were i mean they were good friends it's they just were. the only thing that taints it even a little bit for me is the fact that we're supposed to believe that these children bullied Tomas to death basically See, and that's, yeah. that's really and so not I'm good I'm just not gonna think about that part I'm just gonna like pretend <laughs> you know the that only- maybe it was just an accident and Benigna kind of filled in the right, gaps right. herself like it's a misunderstanding yeah. yeah there's been a lot of accidents in this film I think that we can attribute that to an accident yeah. too right. because these children are lovely yeah maybe and he's there she needed someone to blame with yeah with yeah. this mask no, but yeah. yeah so I just it's- Benigna was wrong yeah. <laughs> I think we can all- <laughs> case closed <laughs> <laughs> no. you're like is there some way we could blame this on Pilar <laughs> <laughs> and and Carlos. I say yes. <laughs> all right. I say absolutely. It was all their fault. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Pilar the one that showed her the slides and everything or the videos? She did. Yeah, yeah she fucking made that shit up, dude. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but sometime later, Carlos arrives back on the property and we see a memorial gravestone for Laura, Simone and the children from the orphanage. Carlos sets two red roses down on it and heads inside the house and into the communal room, which is now empty. On his way out, he notices the metal he lent to Laura sticking out from one of the floorboards. He kneels down to pick it up, and the door to the room opens slowly. Carlos looks up at it and, in a close-up shot, smiles. We fade to black, and the credits roll. So, what did you guys think of The Orphanage? I really enjoyed this movie. I, I like I said, I, I remembered it. Yeah. And I was like, this is good. You know what I mean? I, I really, really liked this movie. I, I the ending was a little confusing. You lost your wife and your son, so what are you smiling at? I mean uh, Because that was his his I, medallion or no, whatever. Well, I think it's because the only way he was supposed to get that back is if well, she, she found, she found, found him. him. Okay, yeah. but now they're together. And I mean, you're not. You're not yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very sad. My family's a, gone. Like yes. I said, thanks for dev- the necklace. Dev- I mean, the well, ne- it was yours. Yeah. <laughs> Devastating. Oh, yeah, right. He's like, now this is a loan. Like, yeah, right. Devastating, but also <laughs> hopeful. Yeah. Both. I gotta g- balance it out. I guess. But I mean, uh, it is. Uh, it is a really good movie, and I would suggest anyone to watch this movie. Very, very good movie. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. I totally agree. My only thing is I feel like that image of Laura with the children mm-hmm. is so haunting, no, no pun intended, and beautiful 
I almost wish that's where we went out. I understand why it's necessary to see Carlos again because right. if we didn't, I'd be like, oh, "What if I happen yeah. to Carlos?" Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining either that. way, but <laughs> I I kind of wish that that would have been the last thing that we saw. But I do understand why it's important for him to have that closure to right, know, right. oh, she's giving this back to me because. She found him and they're together yeah. now. But again, he doesn't know, like he doesn't understand what happened. You know what I mean? No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I kind of feel like fuck Carlos. Like you don't get to, you don't get to have the last scene. I, whatever. No, yeah. um, it's me being petty. <laughs> I just really, I love that shot of them with the lighthouse. Yeah. Would you have rather maybe uh, the camera go past him out the window and they're playing knock on the wall? Yes. And it yeah, starts yes. where it's... I don't know. That's how stupid. I guess you would really love that. <laughs> That's so strongly. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> My answer is yes. Well, so <laughs> maze into it. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but <laughs> it's <laughs> it's nitpicky, and it's not it's not a negative for the film. I think it's just how how beautiful that shot yeah. was no it's amazing and with the lighthouse being operational mm-hmm. yes. all the kids <laughs> all the kids together i mean yeah. it's, it's, it's beautiful <laughs> i <laughs> i think this is a very beautiful film that's a the word to describe it definitely oh yeah it is very dark but like you're saying it's oddly uplifting in a way mm-hmm. i'm like how how are you doing both i'm yeah. like i'm <laughs> fucking sobbing but it's like from sadness and from beauty at the same time yeah Yeah. but yeah no it's it's profoundly sad Mm -hmm. it's beautiful it's strangely hopeful there are parts that are actually scary yeah like i feel like there's some spottiness in the story itself where i can't say that it's a perfect 10 for me but it's phenomenal i think it's great i i couldn't agree more i definitely have to go with uh jp saying that this is one to be experienced oh yes you know just so you can kind of get the gut punch of it better after we've ruined it exactly (laughs) (laughs) i think for me i mean it's like i put it in my mind that they're on another plane they're not gone yeah you know and so for them to be there at the house everything's still you know wrapped up in a neat little package (laughs) (laughs) that's why i feel like it was so important for them to talk about that parallel perception yes Mm -hmm. because it's these are all happening simultaneous it's all happening right now Uh uh-huh so it's like so is she taking care of herself as a child well she ran away she okay (laughs) (laughs) there can only be one yeah because i'm gonna go to a different uh plane (laughs) (laughs) but i guess we can head into ratings then for me on the positive side the story the performances the way that the scares are handled the music yeah the cinematography man that camera never stops moving yeah it it floats a lot and i feel like the ending is perfect because they laid the groundwork for everything we see right yeah and every single thing has meaning these little parallels and allusions to peter pan yeah the little conversations that don't really you know are just seemingly there yeah mm-hmm. the creation the whose line is it anyway stories yeah <laughs> <laughs> like everything just matters and it is written so well 
that you see all these pieces come together and there's not one point at the beginning where I'm like, oh, I know what happened. Yeah. yeah. I can guess the ending. Oh, hell no. Yeah, no. not at all. If you say that, then you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never in a million years would have guessed that. But on the negative side, I got to say some stuff is awesome, but feels very out of place to me. Yeah. Like, I love the little uh, poltergeist situation they got going yeah. on. But I don't know how well it fits in with this film. Right. I think it fits more than uh, Benita's Benita. jaw. <laughs> 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 Fucking Mary Shaw over here. Yeah. Like that was a lot. Yeah. And as cool as it was to see, does it really fit the orphanage? Yeah. It, it, it's I, jarring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's jarring. Yeah. Nah. Nah, there you go. Well played. Well played. But I mean, outside of that, I can't really think of any other negatives. Maybe, I guess maybe some of the characterization would have loved to see more Carlos actually giving shit. Yeah. You know, you get that scene of him at the piano playing Looking West and everything, but (laughs) (laughs) you don't really get as much as Laura. Right. Who is suffering through this whole thing. Yes. And Pilar. She lives. Fuck her. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry for bringing her up again. (laughs) But for me... Out of 10 supernaturally stolen treasures, I am going to give the orphanage nine supernaturally stolen treasures out of 10. It is outside of those things. It's borderline perfect. Yeah. And so that's why it bothers me that some of that stuff is going on. Right, right. Because I'm like, damn, you were so close. Yeah. Yeah. And with that ending, man, that's brutal. And again, we've said it a lot. Quite the gut punch. Yes. (laughs) But I will now open the floor to you. There's not really much for me to complain about, like you said. Uh, the only thing I will say, again, it's not really my type of, you know what I mean, horror. But it doesn't matter. This movie's great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I would definitely recommend this movie to anybody. You know what I mean? Subtitles, don't use it as an excuse. No. Yes, as we uh, always say. Yeah. 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 Read it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, and. I don't want to be the jerk and be like, well, read faster. You know what I mean? But <laughs> please, this movie is, yeah, this movie it is worth- It gets easier the more you, you practice. Yeah. And that's one thing that I didn't mean to mention is that ever since the initial success of this film, they had talked about making a remake in America. Right. Written by the same writer and with Guillermo del Toro on producing- but it never happened. It didn't. Well, need you don't to. need. Yeah, you don't need to. No, you don't. Yeah. And it's funny to me because they keep going through all these directors and everything, and I think that they might have landed on one a couple years ago. So it might still happen. Uh, but this is like f- fifteen years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, like this is well enough alone. Yeah. You know, two thousand seven was fifteen years ago. Yeah, I hate it too. Yeah. Man. That's I, when I graduated. <laughs> that kind of made my stomach hurt. Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, T, uh, there's a, there's too much good for me to even try to say anything bad. Yeah, there's a couple of things that are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nitpicky. But for the most part, I mean, I really enjoy the movie. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I'm... Uh, uh, I'm more of the slasher type, <laughs> yeah. but this is no way. Yeah, but this is good. You know what I mean? It is very, very good. Mm-hmm. So, on a scale from one to ten, supernaturally stolen treasures, I'm gonna give the orphanage an eight point five out of ten. I really, really do like this movie. Uh, I it's it's it is a like we've said a gut punch. Yeah. Yes. Um. So it is 
with caution. Absolutely. You know what I mean? To go into this movie. But it it also is a must watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I would definitely, I can see how this movie would be very triggering for a lot of people. But I feel like they don't, it's not like exploitative. It's just a really sad and somehow beautiful and yeah Yeah. very tragic story yeah but yeah i would like y'all said it's it's an experience yeah and it i was gonna say it sticks with you but i did say that i blocked out the ending when i was (laughs) 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 um but the feeling stuck with me i've been trying to get this one on the docket for a minute and when i watched it i was like fuck this might be too sad like Like, i'm glad i'm not leaving this one (laughs) sorry t but yeah i mean it really it's just it's nitpicky shit like we had said before i i mean not all nitpicky because there is some of the narrative that doesn't uh super gel completely no and also one thing i forgot to mention i'm sorry for interrupting is the grainy footage of tomas yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that? Uh, it was disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what other word I can use to describe it. But it was mean. It was yeah. mean. It was definitely mean. But um, no, the, the movie is fantastic. I can't really, I don't think I can provide any more insight than what we've already said. So I, I'm going to say that on a scale from one to 10 supernaturally stolen treasures, I also gave the orphanage a nine. Hmm. Like I said, it's not perfect because there are a couple things where it's like, no, hold, wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's fucking fantastic. It's really, really great. And even though we did ruin it, <laughs> I would advise you to watch it if you haven't already. Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate The Orphanage and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, though you may feel lost at sea, there is always a light to guide you back home. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special shout out to all of our Wendigo Gitter patrons. Woo! Yeah! yeah. I mean, yes! <laughs> you exploded with it, dude. I don't know what that was. <laughs> you really liked my ending. I really meant it. <laughs> special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Houston, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Tamez, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers, ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Danielle Peralta, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Alex Schultz, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, 
Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, and Amanda Alif. Yes. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Thank, thank you. you. We truly appreciate you all. And we have to say, even if we found our stolen treasure, we could not possibly wish for a better group of people. Aww. I had to go sincere because yeah. you guys are perfect. Yeah, yeah, they're the best. They're like the gold coins. Yeah. yeah. Or the first candy bar ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Until next time. <laughs>